Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. I, I don't know if we've ever done back-to-back MKs on back-to-back days, but we're going to try right here on this 8th of September 2021. Hello, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. I'm from CBS Sports and uh, Showtime. The gentleman to the right of the screen, but to the left of me, he is my friend and yours. He is also from CBS Sports and Showtime. He's the king of Connecticut. That's a true fact. It's Brian Campbell. What's up, BC? How you doing, boss? I'm doing great, Luke. Let's not forget, though, that just two weeks ago in Cleveland, we did back-to-back morning combat episodes on consecutive days. But great to... Great to be here with you and your memory <laughs> this deep into the process. Two years, two months into this MK experiment today, Luke, is episode 200. And Luke, I got a hankering. I got a feeling. I got, I used to have an itchy ratch right, right here on camera. I got a, a fever today and a feeling that this could be maybe our best episode of all time. Do you want to tell the people why, Luke? Today is episode 200 of morning combat and bc has put together a best of list now how many how many uh numbers on that list bc luke i am prepared and ready with our trusty producers who grabbed all the content to count down the top 20 moments in morning combat history not just our trips to the bomb shelter and in the massage parlor but on the road room service diaries all kinds of wild stuff luke um the 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 beauty of this is that you haven't seen it not because um well really luke because of you you know you were like well i'm too busy for this shit i got got furniture to put together you know i mean you you did did a luke but i think it worked for the best my wife had to go to the hospital last night if you'd like to continue mocking me but yes go ahead luke is everything all right i didn't i you know (laughs) you buried that everything's okay now it wasn't okay yesterday okay okay well well luke i will tell you that this will make this will cherry up as i know my role on this show right it's not serious fight takes that's for all those 100,000 people that subscribe to you on YouTube. This is for uh, this is for the fun of life, Luke, and we're going to get into that. No, it's not going to be negative stuff, Luke. You won't see uh, me attacking Risen or Dana White putting me up in the video. It's going to be good times only, brother. Can't wait to do it with you. All right, very good. Well, we got some business to attend to. We do have some MMA analysis and, and whatnot we will get to. Plus, we have fan submissions today. Plus, of course, as BC indicated, we're going to go through the top 20 moments after 200 episodes here on MK. And, and, and by the way, as BC kind of indicated, just to remind you one more time, this is a 
I know he cast a wide net and thought of all the different elements, me and him and all the pe- people in the show, but it's a BC curated list. I am very curious to see what it looks like in the end. I'm sure it is quite good because no one Look, loves Look, I know what you're like thinking. You it's going to be all BC in the dock, arting all over the place, but really <laughs> yes. there's... It's not. It's not. You'll be very. In fact, Luke, you you own most of the top ten. You know, the more I did about nine hours of research on this yesterday. I won't lie to you, Luke. I'm not kidding. All right. I'm well, I'm, I I, be, I believe that your research is thorough, so I'm pretty excited about it. All right. So let's get the show started. As always, if you're watching, no matter if you're subscribed or not, hit the thumbs up. We really appreciate that when you do. By the way, after the episode is over, leave a comment about which of your of, of BC's list was your favorite. Which which MK memory was your number one. BC's going to give us his number one, but I want to hear what yours was. Leave a comment below. And of course, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? It is time to subscribe. Push us over that first 100K mark so we can yeah, move on to the this next This has been goal. a long you know, crawl from 90K to, to our goal of 100, yeah. but it's going to be worth it. We hit, a, we hit a brick wall at 96 when we went on vacation, yeah. and it like damaged the algorithm, so we have to kind of like juice things back up again. But we crossed COVID 97K. COVID stole your so. vacation, Luke. COVID did, and it also robbed us of, of our show's momentum. But hopefully today we can bring it back. Yes, I, I am confident we can do good things. Um, all right, so if you want to try Showtime and you haven't done that yet, you can. Showtime.com, you can get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pound sand. Um, we have merch, and in fact, BC, well, why don't you tell the folks the good news about the merch, considering it's usually not good news about the merch. Yeah, normally it's not good news, but they sent a new merch guy to our pre-show meeting to uh, pump us up with confidence. And, and hey, uh, hey, hey, Grundlemaker, I'm confident here. I'm fired up. I'm ready. Uh, we have new items on the merch store right now. Morningcombat.store is your home for the 2.0 merch. Uh, you want the BC and Luke rainbow-colored T-shirt and mug. You can have that. Um, and the great news is... Friday, we're going to get some new items added. Monday, and this is a special, exclusive, limited quantity. I know a bunch of you saw me in Cleveland wearing the BC Hawaiian shirt with my face all over it. Uh, It's going to be in limited supply on Monday, so check that out. We have some big... uh, plans and projects and ideas with this and the new items being you know cooked up in the in the incubator uh daily so uh we're gonna get this merch going again we want you to be wearing this shit so get on there also luke i want to tell you you can still get merch 1.0 which is some of the most comfortable clothing of all time at store.show that's sho.com uh going to the morning combat tab it's more you know it's there's some more dad's dad looking stuff in there but we all have dads so that's that's cool i mean look could is it possible that your dad could be walking around washington dc uh debating politics with people while wearing an mk hoodie is that possible at all no it's impossible all right well not your dad but other dads okay there you go other there dads. you go where yes. our merch we o- love you. other Thank dads you. would yeah. be able to yeah. do that okay. kind of a thing uh, I think that is all of our housekeeping. So that leads us, of course, BC, to something we announced yesterday, the MKDK partnership. That's right. DraftKings is now on board and presents Morning Combat. And it's time, everyone, to fire up your tailgate. The NFL is back. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And when the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets Ooh. instantly All you got to do is bet $1 or more on any football game, so you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week uh, one game, so whatever that is for you, to receive $200 in free bets instantly. 
If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. There's a daily fantasy app and there's the Sportsbook app. We need you to go to the Sportsbook app. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. And of course, nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game. Like BC said yesterday, BC, you made this point. You can watch a game or not watch a game, but if you watch the game and you bet on it, there's a little bit more stakes involved. I mean, it, it makes the process a little bit more interesting. You get a little action. I mean, you can live your life celibate, or you can chase Latin, bo- you know, Latin booty, right? You know, if you add a little flavor on your on your on your food, a little sauce on your steak, so to speak, it increases life. And you mentioned NFL Week One, Luke. It kicks off Thursday night with a big bang when Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, and Luke's arch nemesis take on the defending Super Bowl champions and steroid-free 44-year-old star quarterback Tom Brady. Luke, you want a star-studded matchup to kick off this relationship? You know, it's okay when MK and DK get together for Bukake. It's going to be fantastic Thursday night. Cowboys at Bucks, uh, plus 340, those Cowboys. Luke, we know historically uh, Dallas fades come playoff time, but they're usually hot early. I want I want to take some of that Cowboys plus money and believe that Tom Brady's hangover. We all saw that guy, right? Sloppy as shit coming off of that boat. I want to believe that's still a thing and see if uh, the, the Cowboys can win me some uh, some money. Uh, MK and DK getting together on DraftKings here. Well, if you're like me, the Dallas Cowboys will consistently um, enrage you. So here's your call to action, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code. You can see it. Put, put the, if we can put the graphic up one more time at the bottom of the screen. There it is. Use the promo code COMBAT, COMBAT with a K, of course, how the show is spelled, to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar prize for your first deposit. That's promo code COMBAT this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And as we said yesterday, BC, if you don't, obviously, we need you to bet on this for this contest and for the morning combat and everything else. But you can also just go to the boxing section and put on bets, whatever you yep. want. You can go to the UFC section. They have one. Of course, they're official betting partner of the UFC as well. And you can just put a, a bets down there on the MMA side if that thing is, you know, a little bit more your speed. Whatever you want to do, but get in on this action with the NFL Week One with DraftKings here in MK, and and I mean, good there, things will happen. Is there a worse deal than uh, getting two hundred dollars of free bets to sign up for new customers? Is that a bad deal? No, it's not at all. You want to be entered in a chance to win a million bucks? Do it, okay? You want to take betting advice from our brethren, uh, Yanni the Greek, who was fantastic on uh, Tuesday night's Dana White Contender Series broadcast. Use that advice on DraftKings here with MK. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, with that in mind, we have show to get to. We have the, the 20 best moments in the show's history a little bit later. First things first, just a few headlines. It's light on headlines today. For Friday's show, we will lean into all of the weekend's events as we normally do. But for today, we'll just sort of see what's out there. We'll start with Jorge Masvidal. He's not been doing a ton of interviews, but I know he spoke to MMA Junkie and ESPN and he's been sort of figuring out where to go since losing to Kamaru Usman. It was a rematch that no one really asked for exactly. There was some interest in it, but he lost badly in his home state. So it's not clear where he goes. So he was asked about Nick Diaz, Brian Campbell, and here's what he said. If Nick looks good and does his job, why not me and Nick? I'd love to fight Nick. It's a classic fight. It's a fight that I always wanted to do since I was at Strike Force at 155 pounds. I was like, man, that's a dude I would like to fight. Nothing personal just because of his style, the way he leaves it all out there. If I get a fight with Nick, it'll be a blessing. BC, level of interest in Masvidal versus Diaz 
but the Nick variety, not the Nate. I got to be honest with you. Um, my level of interest in D in Masvidal in general right now is low, and I, you know, it's, it's and it's not a grudge against him, but it's for those things you mentioned. He got into a big fight that. No one called for that he didn't deserve, and, you know, I mean, he got sent to hell. And, you know, it's not that I hold that against him, Luke, but let's remember, this guy was certainly not an accidental superstar, but what he did in 2019 was something none of us would have ever seen coming. And he was the superstar we needed at that moment. He was fighter of the year. He was, you know, must-see in every interview and every fight. He was always going to be hard at his age, he's 36, to build upon that, to keep up with that. And, you know, I think he got as high and as far as he could. I mean, he headlined a freaking pay-per-view for a fake belt against a Diaz brother, forcing Canelo Alvarez to sit down on a couch and wait. That's awesome. That's incredible. What he's done since then, you know, he hasn't been consistent. And look, the, the thing, the thing, the thing that made that turnaround so special was the level of activity. Sure, it was it was all the things that led to it, right? The reality show, sitting in the woods. The, the, the realization that he's probably better than he's performed, that he needs to start baptizing people and not care anymore. All that stuff's great, right? But it was the activity level, the consistency that kept him fresh and dangerous. He got to the point where we were putting him in the top 10 pound for pound at a time that we just didn't ever think that was possible. Since then, I mean, he just hasn't been active and he's lost in big moments. So I got to give him this credit. Calling out Nick Diaz, even though it's a little ahead of schedule because Nick hasn't returned yet soon, but hasn't returned yet and shown that he's still a thing from that long layoff. This is the right lane for Jorge moving forward. But it's the right lane if you're in the same thought process that I am, Luke, that it's kind of all downhill from here for Jorge. I don't think he's ever going to fight for a title again. I don't think he's ever going to be in that spot. I do think there's life left for his brand if he can revive it. And this is the right way to revive it. Stay in this BMF category. Get into trash talk wars. Get into fights that are expected to be brawls against past their prime opponents where he can dip a little bit back into that whatever's left of that resurgent spirit and get some big wins that can keep him a celebrity fighter. He may be the most elite celebrity fighter for all we know. But I think he's in that lane, Luke. And I don't think it's disrespectful to say that. I don't think it's disrespectful to say that either. Although, can you hear my neighbor mowing his lawn right outside my window? I'm pretty happy that he decided to mow the lawn right on the morning of MK. But, okay, what are you going to do? Uh, in answering the, the, the point about this, I, I'm not nearly as down on the Masvidal experiment as you. I understand why folks might feel the way you do. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But I'm... I got to say, I still think he has a great ability to deliver on what made Masvidal uh, such a star in that run from the Askren fight uh, on. There's a limit to who he can beat, but Nick Diaz, I mean, listen, it's not like Masvidal is saying, I'm going to get right back to that title and blah, 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 blah. You hear what he's saying. You don't even hear anything like that. He kind of realizes that window is probably closed, if not for now, maybe ever. But there's another window, which is what are some big-name fighters with some big-name fights that are action-oriented that would generate sales? And what to what extent can I still participate in that? And obviously, I think he's still very much a big player in that one. I got to say, I think the Nick Diaz one, obviously, he has business with Robbie Lawler, so he'll attend to that. But, you know, if Nick wins that one, I got to tell you, I actually really like that idea. I, you know, listen, neither Diaz brother, I think I checked this morning, neither Diaz brother, obviously Nick wouldn't be, but even Nate is not ranked. I can't. I believe this is right. I, I got to double check there. They might dead wrong me, but I'm looking at lightweight. I don't see Nate Diaz. I'm looking at um, uh, welterweight. I don't see Nate Diaz. They're not ranked. It's not like if Jorge took that fight, 
he's taking up anyone else's space or he's trying to get back in the line and other fighters who haven't had a chance can't break through yet. He's completely stepping away from that. Not completely, but he's not getting in the way uh, and creating a bottleneck at the top of welterweight. So I actually feel like it's a great call. Now, the one that gets a little bit weird, BC, is he was asked about the Paul brothers. Quote, I'm going to beat up the Pauls, Masvidal told ESPN. If they put money in my pocket, that Logan dude, Jake Paul, whoever Paul dudes, if they put money in my pocket, of course I'd like to break some Disney characters' faces. I've been fighting men who have been training since seven or eight years old to do the same thing as me uh, and what I want to do to them. Fighting guys like the Pauls is a bonus. UFC would have to sign off, but nothing is impossible. Da- uh, impossible, excuse me. Dana doesn't like those guys, and Dana knows I'll go in there and put a hurting on those kids. <laughs> Maybe he does send in the fucking assassin. BC, what is the chance that they make a Masvidal versus, let's say, Jake Paul fight? Because that seems a little bit more doable. Under the condition that Dana is doing it because he wants Jorge to go fuck those guys. Oh, up. that 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 is low. I, I said it before. I mean it. For UFC and Dana to get involved in a co-promotional setup, specifically Jake Paul, because we both both believe he's the more serious brother of the two. I mean, look, he'd have to go on a spree of knockouts. He would have had to have knocked out Tyron Woodley and then go on a spree of escalating knockouts in which his pay-per-view sales are rapidly rising as he's kind of burying, you know, Randy Orton Legends Tour WWE style, one big name after another until Dana's like, F it, let's get our most marketable guy, we'll end it. That That's a dream scenario. So... I like these comments, Bet not the Paul Brothers comment. I don't like that from Jorge. To me, that's a little bit of a yawn. But I like the comments about seeking big fights against big names better than the comments from Jorge a couple weeks ago of any fight that gets me back into the title picture. And it's rare. I understand that it's weird, Luke. It's weird for me to be damning a guy for, for, for potentially saying I want to do the right thing and get in, in line. And, you know, I just don't think that's the right lane for him anymore, as I said. Is the Paul brother a right lane for him? I think he's going to have a choice to make, Luke. I don't know the exact... Uh, setup of his contract at the moment. We we rarely ever do. But I think he's got to look. What is his big super fight left? Super, super fight left. If it's Conor McGregor, then the Paul brothers are not a thing. And what he needs to do is stay in the UFC and stay active winning big fights in, in sort of the BMF brawler category. And to your point before about not stealing anyone's place, he's not. There's there's always been a category unofficially in UFC for attraction-based fighters who are outside. It's rare that we get somebody that fills that role, but it's always been there. Um, unless he's putting all his money in the basket of a Paul fight to cash out with and waiting for his contract to be over and looking to stay as active as possible to get that contract to be over, I still think his big money fight is an aging Wash Connor, Luke. And I think that's the ultimate BMF fight you can make in sort of this category. And if he goes in that direction, I think that's the best way to get people like me who are kind of in this, you know, ho-hum Jorge mode out of that. Because, Luke, it didn't bother me as much, but a lot of people did turn... uh, against Jorge when, you know, for his surprising political lean and very aggressive nature in that regard. And then, you know, he got into outside the cage stuff, like promoting this promotion. And it's like, it's okay, it's cool. But like, we kind of have a lot of those promotions going on that people care about at varying levels. I want to see a dialed in Jorge who still wants to make big fun fights and big fun press conference moments and big fun, all that. If he's going to stay in that lane, that's great. I don't think the Paul brothers are going to get into that with him, Luke, unless that's his specific stated goal, like a Tyron Woodley to be cashing out at the end. That's fair. I, I would say that, you know, I, I just, 
I don't know what the UFC wants to do, and they don't have any need to be in the Jake Paul business, but if you wanted to be co-opting them would be obviously the strongest move, which they don't appear to be interested in. I will tell you that the Conor Diaz, excuse me, Conor Masvidal fight, don't like that fight for Conor. I think Masvidal would do terrible things to him. Uh, right. I, if I was in his team, I would strongly caution against but that. But isn't that his money fight, Luke? It, for Isn't that Jorge's money fight? And soon... Connor could be out of options for the type of super fight where he has a B-side who will talk with him and can make us really, really care after his level of ability has vanished. Now, he's not there yet. You and I both believe Connor can still... We both... You and I... True. Let's let's be honest here. You and I, Luke Thomas and BC, both believe that Connor has one more big win left in him that will semi-revive. Again, I compared it to Chuck Liddell in the midst of that losing streak beating Vonderlei in that war, and we're like, oh, man, Chuck's still got it. Like, there's one more of those for Connor, correct? For sure. Okay, so we're not there yet. We're not going to be there yet until we see, you know, we're close, but we're not there yet. When we're there, I, I, you know, look, Connor also has the Diaz trilogy as a lottery ticket to cash out as well. I think he's going to cash that out sooner than later, but I think Jorge's still that big, or Connor's still that big fight for Jorge. And even though I agree with you that as their abilities stand now, and maybe forever, but we don't know, yeah, that's a Masvidal win written all over it. But Connor may get desperate enough, Luke, where that's the type of fight he just needs to still get himself amped up to want to keep doing this at this level. Let me ask you a question. It's not on the rundown, but it's just something I've been thinking of. Yeah, I love when you order off the menu. Let's do it, Luke. Well, here's what I mean. I've been thinking of, I, I don't know because I'm not there enough to really get a sense of things, but um, could the pandemic reshape Florida as a fight hub home? For folks who don't know, like the UFC was for a long time pretty reluctant to go to Florida after I think UFC 40 or so, which was in the Miami area, uh, because the crowds have just never been good. They're, they've historically not been good fight fans. But if you think about what's happened since the pandemic, obviously the major camps in MMA have always been there. And, you know, New York is kind of reopening in the sense that you've got this Teofimo fight taking place here and not too long from now. Obviously, UFC is going to go back there, it appears, from what I understand. Um, so, you know, New York is due, uh, an overdue for a long time, and I think will always be a bit of a fight hub home. It's too, it's too big not to have something. But, dude, Florida is where all the action is for the most part. It's where just a ton of boxing is taking place, tons of MMA. Big shows, large and small, the commission is, for better or for worse, and often worse, pretty lenient about what kind of thing it's going to allow. And I just wonder, is this going to reshape that territory and reorganize where big fights are located as the fans get more educated and exposed to you know, the consistent drumbeat of fights being held in their towns and, and locales? Do you think there's anything to the pandemic resorting Florida as a fight, uh, fight home, not for big camps just per se, but for the entire experience. It could be. It could be. And we have heard Dana say, you know, if this pandemic keeps going in the wrong direction, don't worry. I've got sort of my circuit set up, which is the apex in Vegas, Florida, and also Abu Dhabi. So if times get dire, it does come kind of down to that trifecta. Obviously, you can add Texas in there, which is really want, you know, Houston really wanting to be in the UFC business. Well, that's why we had to have an interim heavyweight title, by the way. Uh, all the dots connect. But yeah, I mean, look, look at how quickly Luke. Uh, Triller, <laughs> move that shit down there. Um, it's a lax commission. It's very tax friendly to big name fighters. Uh, you know they were they were they were. They, COVID's not a real thing there, Luke, except for in the hospitals where when people are taking L's, unfortunately, in very hard ways. And you know 
Jacksonville went above and the governor went above and beyond to get UFC back on track after the Tai Chi Palace disaster and the, hey, let's put BC as the star of a four-minute video and then pull it down out of nowhere and act like it never happened. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, that's what... Hey, Luke, by the well, way... I guess my, my question is more is can this reshape it as a place where Florida now has good fight fans. And again, I'm not besmirching people who are in Florida who are actual fight fans and have been this whole time, but historically it's always been a they're a bit dicey when it comes to that. Could that be reshaped by just the influx of constant shows happening where folks begin to see, wow, this is sort of a regular thing here. We bec we've become accustomed yeah, to it. Yeah, and I think it, it be in well, California. The answer is yes, and I think it plays hand in hand with the emergence of of the camp of the super camps in Florida and the fact that there's so many close in proximity and it's almost becoming South Florida is almost becoming a a like fighter hub lifestyle and that that's where it wasn't in boxing and MMA to your earlier point for a long time big time boxing almost never comes to Florida in fact these recent pandemic cards where promoters are just looking to escape to Florida you know it's it's been rare they never why because it's typically a, a you know a, a a weird mixture of retirees and transplants and crazy localers who just aren't huge fight fans and and yes to your question I think it can be rebranded but I also think as you have seen fans have shown as long as they can get on a plane or get in a car illegally they're going to travel for these shows Luke I mean mm. UFC still for all the sins and issues at times, it's still a brand that sells itself with or without stars that show up to a pay-per-view and you'll be entertained. Not like it was in 2010, 2012 when, you know, it was less watered down and, you know, they, they almost sniffed a million at a couple of those pay-per-views without really strong main events at times, Luke, because that was just like they were so red hot. We're not there anymore. But, yeah, I think your overall question has a little bit of a point, Luke. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. All right, for point number two, we uh, a sort of a smaller one. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, BC, but it's the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series last night. It was an interesting trio. It was Dan Helley, from, who was originally from this area, I think now with NFL Network and some other places, Laura Senko and uh, Daniel Cormier. An interesting combination, interesting trio there. It was great. A couple, couple things here. We should sort of be at the point now, due to the state of the show and the state of... Uh, regional MMA, where if you win on this show, it's almost a guarantee now you're going to get a contract. It did not used to be that way, but right. it sort of is at this point. Um, BC, I don't know if you want to go through all of these. There were well, some I, guys before, who... We... Before you do, Luke, can we talk just quickly generically about this show? Sure. Uh, you know, I had our, our buddy, former uh, NFL coach, probably be getting a job soon, Phil McKagan, jumping in and just being like, hey, man, in general, quality of this show is just getting better left and right in terms of the fighters, and I think that's true, Luke. I want to watch this show so much more than I want to watch Tough. Even if at its very bare bones, it's not that much different. And I think the reason why is the way this thing is presented, the way the format is to bring out the, the most hungry fighters possible going for a finish. But Luke, I'll be honest with you. You and I admit we don't watch Tough really at all. I really, since Dana White's Contender Series has launched, haven't been a consistent watcher, meaning I'll tune in to watch five, ten minutes here. If someone says, man, you got to see this one fighter, I'll go back and watch it. Last night's show was the first time after kind of seriously checking in the week before to see Laura Senko and get in line in that regard. Uh, this week was the first time I kind of watched start to finish. Luke, I was thoroughly entertained. Now I know why this is up against morning combat for MMA uh, programming of the year. I thought the chemistry, first of all, between Senko and DC was top notch in terms of their calling of the actual technical stuff and the, like, and the technique. Luke, for as good of a story Laura Senko was last week, 
being, you know, the first woman since UFC one to be in that chair. I thought she like doubled her performance this time around. I mean, that was a great listen, but you know, video packages to explain the hunger of the fighters into how quickly that, that broadcast is paced. It's uh, the only thing I might critique is I don't think Laura Senko should be doing the announcing. I just think it's not like she's got enough jobs out there and, and it's a specific skill set, you know, doing the, uh, you know, the winner outside of that, Luke, that's a top notch show. And it's no wonder that it's producing sort of UFC ready fighters time and time again, because it is so freaking set up to find the hungriest guy in the lot or, 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 you know, or gal or whatever. I mean, you saw the opening fight. The guy was at a wedding and got 72 hours of notice to, to drop everything and turn around. And, uh, or sorry, it was the opening story of the night it was the main event, uh, you know, and, and he did, and he made weight. I mean, this vehicle Luke works and I was thoroughly entertained to the point where I don't think I'm going to watch it anymore for this show or journalistically. I'm going to watch it as a fan. Am I, and I'm not doing this to try to suck up to anybody. I just really enjoyed that shit. Am I right? Well, the premise is really interesting, right? Because what they're, they're not offering you LFA. They're not offering you regional MMA. What they're offering you is we're going to stage fights as the in-between. We're going to stage the portion of regional MMA that's interesting to most MMA fans, right? We're going to give you the guys who are all seemingly UFC ready. Uh, even the guys who lose are sometimes UFC ready, but certainly the winners at this point appear to be, for the most part, UFC ready. That's not exactly the case when you watch a full LFA car, which is as good as it can be. It, it, that will only be reserved for like the main event or maybe another fight on there. And you've got you know, 10, 12, 13 fights. You have to deal with a lot of people who are still in their four to five fight range who aren't quite... UFC ready contender series gets rid of a lot of that. I mean, I was going to say, in fact, the guy who I found most impressive last night, and this was really no surprise, was Chidi Njokawani. I remember when Anthony Njokawani, his brother, fought Chris Horodesky in WEC and sent him to the land of wind and ghosts. And Chidi, you know, he's been up and down. Like, he lost to, like, the good fighters in Bellator, like Koreshkov. He lost to Salter and some other ones. He's been a little bit inconsistent in terms of the amount of competition. I think he only fought once in each of the last three years, something like that. But he looked good yesterday. He looked really good. I did not know that he got his black belt. He's obviously always been a great striker. And the guys had, you know, almost 30 fights before getting into the contender series. They could have signed him outright. Like, they knew he was UFC ready. But they put him on the show probably for a specific reason, to, to, to bolster the show's appeal. Like, look at the kind of fighters that come through here um, before they can get into the UFC. True. And, you know, again, a little bit extra. It didn't need to happen. And he got fouled a bunch of times, which sucked. But vicious ground and pound in the end, dramatic what? improvement on the ground in terms of his wrestling and his balance and the scrambles. To me, Chidi Njokawani was far and away the best fighter on that show. I Anyone know else you stand used, out for you. I know you used Chidi. Chidi, I'm sorry to make to kind of make your point, but you didn't give me a pure answer, Luke. Are you like I feel like I've been missing this show all along, and when I finally you know took the journey and sat down and buckled in. It's different enough from from traditional UFC, which is I know their goal and everything they do production wise. That I really love it. It's like its own niche product here that has a huge goal, and it, you know, and it's effective at turning out these these hammers in, in short notice. But uh, I'm thoroughly entertained, Luke. Are you as high on it as I am? Uh, I am. I mean, there's been inconsistent levels of entertainment week to week, which is to be expected. You can't engineer everything in that way. Um, but yes, I feel like. While the winners have just sort of at this point, you know, they've all gotten contracts because there's just a need for turnover and obviously and you know, cheap fighters, cheaper talent. There, 
There's a need for cheap talent, Luke. Believe that. Yeah, yeah, cheap talent. That's fine. That's fine. But the point being is um, I, I do feel like you're seeing some really, really respectable talent, guys who are clearly, in many cases, well beyond the regional scene that they're kind of stuck in, and they need this sort of graduating experience. Um, it's proof of concept, and you know, yes, I, I, I don't quite enjoy it in the same way you do because I watch a lot of a lot of other regional MMA, and I do a lot of tape studies. So it doesn't. And you also watch with the volume the off most of the time. You watch with the volume off for non-main cards, and you do a lot of weird stuff like that, Luke, where you don't yeah, I, take you know, in the full. I, the, you know. the problem is I just don't get that much out of commentary anymore. Um, but okay, a different question for a different day. Still. Chidi Njikawani was the big winner for me. If you look at some of the other winners here from the show, the other one that stood out to me was I was actually on a phone call when I was watching it, Josh Quinlan defeating Logan Urban yeah. at 47 seconds of round one. That dude came in looking like he was in phenomenal shape. Whatever that's the, the circumstances. Guy, that's the guy from the wedding, Luke. 72 yeah. hours he, notice and turned it around. He was in good. He, he looked to be in tremendous condition, and his timing over the top of the, I think it was the jab of Urban, Absolutely brilliant. Were those the top two performers for you? No, I thought the best performer of the night was the flyweight Carlos Vergara, who had the 41-second knockout of Bruno Correa. It was a uh, knee to the body. In fact, Bruno tapped out after the knee. Luke, I loved the the way that video package ahead of time sort of set you up to get ready for this guy as, okay, you know, there might be some defensive holes, but this guy's a banger. I love the little picture-in-picture of Mick Maynard giving a breakdown of why he had his eyes on these two guys for this matchup, and then to see the cockiness of of Vergara to come out, um, throw bombs, land everything heavy, finish him kind of brutally. I mean, he made this look like he was fighting an amateur. It was that dominant of a win. But Luke, again, production-wise of why I'm kind of getting into this series in the same way, let's say, like the original boxing, the contender, which is very tough, like, you know, shows you the inside story of the family. They had the camera following this guy after the win, walking back to the locker room as he's got his son on speakerphone, you know, being like, yeah, daddy got the big win. When I come back, we're going to the spirit Halloween store. I'll buy you everything you want. I just think that whole package, Luke, it won me over. And I think this guy, while obviously it's early uh, where you're not going to know, you know, do we have a future title contender here? We have a future future wanter of all the smoke. And I'm not talking about uh, Matt Barnes or his uh, co-host, uh, not Stackhouse, but uh, Stack5 himself there, uh, Captain Jack. Um, this guy used this platform, Luke, I think, to kind of win the show last night. And as you mentioned, five bouts, all winners got contracts, a little different than the past when a Brendan Lockenen can slip through the cracks. But, um, you know, look, I'll, I admit when I take L's on this show, Luke, I was wrong about the PFL because they turned it around, and I think I've been wrong about this show, or maybe they just turned it around now that I'm getting ready to, to, to slide in, but I'll be there on Tuesday nights whether you're coming with me or not. I'll be there. I'll just be watching on mute. Uh, okay, so that takes us to our quick hitter segment, BC. Just some fast in and outs on these. Uh, Travis Brown, who apparently has a podcast. I did not know about that. It's called Tough, uh, Tough Business Podcast. He had Dana White on, and he called fighters who want more money whiny bitches. Quote, you guys, I think he's talking to Dana about UFC. You guys always paid me what you said you were going to pay me. Yeah, it's the law. And most <laughs> of the time, it was it was actually more. So all these people who are complaining about it, talking shit about it, at the end of the day, I'm the one who signed that effing contract, and then I'm going to turn around and bitch about it, or I'm going to bitch about it to an effing reporter? That doesn't make sense to me as a man. I signed that contract. If I wanted to get paid more, and you guys have always been upfront about it, hey, when you're a free agent, go find a better deal. Well, Travis Brown, 
Noted economist. What do you think, BC? <laughs> uh, well, look, I thought I don't want to steal the joke from you when I sent that to you over text, as I off, as we often do to each other a day out from the show to kind of get a feel of which uh, stories we like for the rundown. You were sort of like, oh, that's rich from the guy who, you know, dropped everything and marry a millionaire and just walked off of the stage of, uh, of his MMA career. Yeah, it comes off a uh, uh, very little tone deaf. And there were further comments in which he said, he had big time offers after his UFC run ended, which really ended due to injury, right? And and that he turned down those offers because he didn't want to be seen as a second rate fighter. Well, he also had a nice financial backdrop. And as much as sometimes we can rag on some of the quotes or decision making by Ronda Rousey, it appears, Luke, she's very still financially smart in the project she's going after and obviously made a ton of money with WWE. So it's interesting, Luke. I think this is obviously tied into fighter pay. Did you happen to see... Not in the rundown here, but um, the comments Dana made last night after the Contender Series, the press conference, which was a long rant about how now with so many people uh, in the pandemic not wanting to work and so many people being extra scared about COVID and not moving forward business-wise that this is the best time ever to have dreams and be an entrepreneur because he'll run over people. And he's like, I don't think we've ever had a time in history like this. I got to tip the cap to John S. Nash. You know that guy, Luke? Used to be a huge fan of Hey Not The Face until him and I had a uh, little little dust up there over, um, over, you know, private tax bonuses and all that. But, uh, you know, he had a pretty, pretty heady retweet, you know, which basically ripped. It's like, yeah, uh, imagine if you're a fighter trying to do that, trying to capitalize on the moment and be entrepreneurial. Um, Luke, do you feel like comments like that from Dana come off as tone deaf when we're in the midst of the fighter pay era in terms of uh, criticism? Um, yes, I don't think the fans will hold him to account for it. Like, I don't I don't there's. There's really no downside if you're a fighter or a manager or a coach or anybody else who's not media to just blame media for the problem that whatever they're encountering. It's a very easy scapegoat because the media might push back, but it doesn't ever really result in anything meaningfully bad happening to the person who blames the media. So, like, um, I don't know that it's the best look per se, but... It's not, there's no, there's no chance it backfires. So why not just blame them? Well, Nash had tweeted, what if my dream is to make a lot of money off people risking brain damage or worse while making sure they only get a very small slice of the pie? Uh, you know, that, that's a snarky, perfect sort of response there. Not snarky ginger level. Shout out to her on, on Twitter. Big hater of the BC. But Luke, um, it's just interesting because Dana White's going so hard on the country is a mess right now. Um, you know, uh, what's his exact quote? Uh, you know, if you, it's not time to sit back and collect checks or whatever. It's a time to get out there and go after it. I wonder if the f fighters hear that and decide, you know what, Dana, you're right. We're going to band together and we're going to go after it right now in this climate. He's going to, he's going to get what he doesn't want, Luke. Uh, well, listen, the only thing that matters in the end is not Dana versus the media or whatever. It's just the lawsuit really at this point to see whether it goes forward and in what shape. And that, that's still very much to be seen, which is kind of funny, right? Because it's like, here, here's what Dana wrote. Every media member that talk or said rather, every media member that talks about fighter pay is a scumbag who is basically just out there to get attention because they literally know nothing about the business or how, uh, or the pay or how any of this S works. It's all part of the game. It's funny. I mean, what does that say about Hal Singer, the noted economist and professor who was the expert witness for the plaintiffs? He seems to know how this works, and he was quite adamant that the fighters are underpaid. Now, we'll see whether the judge 
agrees or disagrees with some of the analysis that was presented as part of the larger case. But um, plenty of smart people who know a lot more about this than either he or I uh, seem to think that there is a very strong case they're under. I mean, listen, this is the funny part about this. This is the last throes of a dying argument, right? You'll note that there's nothing in here that actually addresses the art. This is what always happens with Dana, which I always try to explain to people. Not always. Sometimes he gets to the meat of the situation when he really has a, a good point. But in a losing argument, which this really, there's, the fighter pay argument is over. It's over. We saw what the documents had to say. They get 20% or less per year, um, and, and it's it's baked in that way structurally to, to keep it at that level. That's what it is, okay? So at that point, you begin to realize they're not getting enough of the slice of the pie. Now, what that should be is, is a complicated question, but certainly what they're getting is not sufficient, um, and the business model is to blame for it. So the argument about it is over. And if you can't win on the merits, what can you win on? I know. Media demonization, right? This is yeah. what I always say to folks. The argument about whether fighter pay is true or false is not made true or false by who says it, by me or by Dana or by anybody else. It is true on the merits of the case. And the merits of the case are so overwhelming at this point that the only thing that can be resorted to, which is what happens here, either Dana insulting the media or Travis Brown insulting the fighters who go after it, it is puerile insults. Uh, and then management backslapping. That's all that's left. You actually can't look at the numbers and make the case that the fighters have been given a sufficient amount of money relative to the larger pie in terms of how it is distributed. You can't. It's not possible. So what you can do is everything else besides that. It is such a revelation when they do this that shows that the arguments for keeping pay at what it is, they're completely bankrupt. So let's just be insulting to the folks who put the case forward. Um and, and that's why we're in the state that we're in. Well said, Luke. Well said. That's how four-minute videos get, get made, uh, you know, putting me at the forefront. Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not even insulting Dana. I'm not saying bad things about Dana in terms of, like, personal insults. I'm not insulting Travis Brown about personal insults. I'm just saying if someone asks you to make the case for something and your argument is that people are bad people and they're scumbags and they're shitty and they're whiny, dude, you're, you've not made an argument. Like you've not, you've actually not presented an argument. And of course, there are there, the the UFC has paid lawyers and economists as part of this case to make that. And that's a complicated question, which Judge Bulware will have to adjudicate. That's fine. But whenever you see these conversations being made in a more general way among laymen, even they don't seem to have a grasp, or at least willing to put forward one of any way of of an idea about what pay should be. They rather just resort to character insults. I don't resort to character insults to make my argument because I don't have to. Dude, well, the numbers show, are so overwhelming. I don't even right. have to go to that territory. Oh, wow. Wow. Shut up. You had me at adjudicate. Thank you, Luke. All right. All right. But there's more here. More here. From uh, Timothy Bradley on Oscar Valdez. So this is Oscar Valdez, the guy who popped for Fentermine. Yeah, so was... frame that frame that the right way. Oscar Valdez is still fighting Friday night against Robson Conceição <laughs> despite the positive test. And Timothy Bradley Jr. will be on the call, Luke, for ESPN on Friday night. Right. So here's what Timothy Bradley said about Oscar Valdez. Quote, I hope he gets knocked out. <laughs> he goes, uh, pronounce his name for me, Conceição. Is that how you yes. pronounce it? Yes. Yeah, I wish Conceição knocks Valdez the hell out. That's what I hope. I hope for a miracle. If this fight goes on, if nothing changes, I hope he gets knocked out seriously. And I'm a fan of Oscar Valdez. I am, but I'm hurt by this. I'm really hurt by this. I went on national TV, on live TV, and I said that this guy is now my hero after he defeated Burchelt, the fight you were referring to yesterday. 
I'm sick to my stomach about this situation. I think that whether it's from tea or not or whatever, it is nobody, uh, excuse me, nobody cares about that. You tested positive. Everybody can think whatever the heck they want to think, and I'm thinking that you are dirty, my friend. That's just it. I'm done. BC, I, Tim Bradley, is, keeping it 100. Look, Bradley's a future Hall of Famer, and I, and that that's true. I mean, look it up. Look up what he's done in his career. For him to take that stance while he's still calling this fight on Friday, I mean, this is, a, this is big, Luke. I, I respect that because, look, uh, I'm, I, I've said it many times. I am beaten down to the point where I'm, I'm almost accepting your full accepting your full beliefs on, on PEDs here, where it's like, okay, this was handled completely shitty. That just means why are we even doing VADA testing when you're not going to respect what, you know, the results of their tests? It's a shit show, right? But I'm so jaded that I'm just sort of like, yeah, who cares? I'm sure all my heroes are using anyway, including, as you always say, what about Tom Brady and LeBron and Shaq and all that? I mean, like, I'm sure everybody, Luke, Sammy Sosa, all them guys were. Yet I do have to say I I respect in the aftermath of this the guys who have who have been there in the ring and have had high level success not just Tim Bradley Andre Ward Carl Frampton Ishe Smith a lot of you know former world champions with great degree of respect have come out on Twitter negatively against this maybe they didn't go to the level of Tim Bradley saying like hey by the way I'm on the call for this fight I hope this guy gets knocked the hell out but um, when it comes from them and that sort of shows you that maybe my you know, jaded ignorance on this that everybody's using certainly isn't always true that we have had and, and still have, you know, clean heroes who are going after it the right way. Um, full respect to that. I've always loved Timothy Bradley because he's been a man of character, a man who has always been willing to leave it in the ring. Good God, revisit his 2013 fight with Ruslan Provodnikov if you want any indication of what's on, under the hood for that man. Um, these are heavy words, Luke. Uh, I, you know, do I feel for Oscar Valdez after seeing him say, you know, I, this, this didn't happen. I didn't do it on purpose. I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe Luke, but, uh, this, this is pretty kick-ass of a reaction. I didn't expect this. You know, you would think a guy might protect his stance in the broadcasting chair, but no, he came after it. Let me ask a question. Didn't the, uh, we did the show last week or so. Uh, when this news came out, and then after it, I think I tweeted you a link from Dan Raphael. He had posted a letter from the Association of Boxing Commissions defending Oscar Valdez because what they had noted was that uh, the Fentermine, uh one, he got retested days later and was not in his system, although it doesn't last your system very long. He got retested 17 days later, just so we know. 17 okay? days later. Okay, still, I mean, it doesn't last your... It, that, that to me is very little, but whatever. It's part of the story. But the bigger story was that this is a, it's a function of in versus out of competition uh, testing and that his window where he tested positive was not in the in competition window. And so therefore, it's just not really valid. And they actually defended Valdez pretty hardcore. What do you make of that? Well, you know, I, I'm taking this from some of the people uh, uh, on Twitter who really educatedly have a, have a, have some feels in this. And the, the general response on the people that are still like, no, this is bullshit is. It's still banned under performance, which is fight night. So how can you say, which Valdez's team has tried to say, and now the ABC backing him up, that th that taking this isn't performance enhancing? If it's performance enhancing the night of the fight, how is it not performance enhancing during training camp when we know 
you know, from the experts what this drug does, which is helps your, your lungs recover and allows you to, you know, train harder and perform at a higher level, which a lot of these PEDs, we think, Luke, all the time of PEDs in the 80s sense of pro wrestling and American gladiators and NFL linemen of it's just there to jack your frame up. No, there's obviously, you know, it, it's more used for recovery in a lot of cases than anything, especially as athletes get older. So to try to act like... You know, I mean, come on. I mean, in, in the in-competition window is 11.59 the night before. There's so many elements to this story that are just bunk that I was surprised that the ABC went to that level. But, Luke, to act like we don't know that business as, you you know, the, the show must go on isn't the operating standard for all of combat sports at all times. It's entertainment and a business first. We always know that. It's It sucks, though, for those still trying to cling to some level of safety and, and rule sets that the rules in many cases just don't matter, Luke, or, or they're just looked over to begin with. Yeah, I think one of the other issues here is that, lastly, um, there's just too many confused systems. And, and the, the, well, people, there's always this one orientation, and the orientation is there needs to be some kind of control of this process. And obviously there does need to be some kind of control, but there's clearly a bunch of people who don't want to go along with that. And so you have this clashing of um, this orientation where everything has to be about at various levels anyway, anti-doping prohibition and control of these. And it, it just can't work because there's too many competing interests rather than having a sort of a system where it's like, uh, if you're going to, if, you, if you're, I'll say this, if you're going to do the VADA system, you need to adhere to the VADA requirements. It seems to me quite obvious that that's the case. I mean, On the, the v, other hand, Luke, the V in VADA is voluntary. The fighters right. signed up for this. Right. Come on. Exactly. So that, that, that to me, and this is what I've always said for UFC. Folks are, oh, you're going to get rid of USADA. Well, what I would say is you should make fighters do the Pepsi challenge, right? If you really want anti-doping, if it actually means that much to you, you should make it a requirement that you and your opponent have to do it um, for any of your future bouts uh, or whatever the case may be. Like, find a way, you know, walk the path that you talk, and I wonder what that would look like. But at a bare minimum, you would have the fighters buying into the system. They would be electing, they'd be choosing that rather than it being compulsory. Dude, Valdez chose this shit. He chose it. And whatever else the scientific exp uh, explanations may be, if you ran afoul of the rules, the, we've said this before, the rules don't count unless they're enforceable. And if they're not enforceable, then what the fuck are we doing this for? So that, that's sort of where I come down on the whole thing. Um, I like it. All right. Brandon Figueroa was supposed to fight, to me, one of the top prospects, more than that, one of the top actually, future stars, let's say. Champions, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. F future stars, what I, mean. what I mean to say is he hasn't fully developed into the bigger name I think he's going to be. And Stephen Fulton Jr., a cool boy Steph, that was supposed to be this Saturday on Showtime. That was when, remember that when you did Next the Saturday. job for Jim Gray? Huh? Next Saturday, September 18th. Next Saturday, Luke. the 18th. I'm sorry, I got my dates confused. But I remember, it was supposed to be September 11th originally, right? Because I remember you did the Jim Gray thing and you were like, I'm looking forward to September 11th and everyone sort of killed you on the internet for it. But okay. Rightfully so. Can't wait. Can't wait for September 11th. It's going to be fireworks. Can't oh, wait. God. What a great day. Yeah. Uh, either way, the problem is Figueroa got COVID-19. BC, what's the latest on the rescheduling of this bout? Uh, nothing uh, as of yet. Dan Rayfield was the first to report this and was sort of saying that uh, Showtime's looking at October, November. Obviously, Showtime has since, uh, you know, 
confirmed that this is in fact off. We did have a tweet from Cool Boy Steph. Uh, prayers out to Brandon. Hope he recovers. I did everything great on my end. Testing, sparring partners and coaches, even isolating myself from my family and friends for months. Of course I'm upset, but I've been here before. I'll be even stronger come October. Never make me mad. Now obviously Fulton Luke, remember he had the he had COVID himself, which pulled him out of that original title fight. Then Angela Leo won the belt. Then, you know, Fulton had to go back and win it from Leo. So all, look, this is a big fight. It's unification at 122. Uh, Figueroa could not be any hotter coming off that body shot knockout of of, of Luis Neri. So uh, as long as we can still get this fight and still get it soon, provided Figueroa recovers, all's good. The only th- sort of kick in the bag, Luke, is that next Saturday, not this one, September 18th, we were supposed to get that cool trip, uh, double header, excuse me, double header of combat on Showtime as we're going to have a Bellator card that night featuring the... Bellator debut of Yoel Romero against Phil Davis, uh, among other matchups, the same night. Now it, that'll be scrapped, of course, but uh, all good as long as Figueroa is okay, Luke. All right, and I'm sure he will be. Uh, and then last but not least, I got to say, this is the trillerist call of all things Triller. Dude, seriously, if I would have asked you, Luke, and by the way, I wrote a piece before this news broke out. You can read it on CBSSports.com of the five biggest storylines entering Holyfield Belfort this Saturday. And Luke, it was one of the most bizarre stories I've ever written because there's so much bizarre shit to this card. And we broke down why yesterday. If I would have said to you, Luke, I've got new thriller news about this card, and I gave you, like, four options, including, like, the aliens have come or, like, you know, uh, the Menendez brothers have been named referees for the night. I mean, would you have picked this, Luke, this bit of news as the most likely? No. In some ways, it actually makes all the sense in the world, and then in some ways, you're like, what the fuck? Okay, so... Triller is going to have an alternate, no-holds-barred commentary feed. I don't think it's going to be the one that the normal audience hears with Jim Lampley and whoever else. But if you're interested, former president Donald Trump and his son, Donald Trump Jr., will have an alternate feed. Now, this will be like what Uriah Faber and Snoop Dogg did for the first season of Contender Series. You're going to see the tweet here from Mike Coppinger of ESPN. He's going to be having a game cast... And um, it'll be him and his son. Both people, both Trumps will be in person in Hollywood, Florida. I will say this, BC. It's a triller call. You know why? Because it's perfect, 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 perfect for rubbernecking, right? It's perfect for all of the crazy-ass sound bites that are going to happen. He's going to say something, you know, it's going to either uh, make one audience super happy, another one super pissed off. All of it's going to get shared. But here's the thing. Here's why it's super triller. Because while it will be good for rubbernecking and it will be good for shareable content afterwards, it probably costs a lot of money, number one. And number two, it doesn't really fix their fucked up business model whatsoever. They're just throwing money at something in a way to like create headlines that never actually fixes the core business model. No. It's the most thriller thing ever. Like I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and say it's the worst idea ever because triller's already alternate fighting it's already a a, you know circus fighting that's unapologetic i mean we've we've all remember our our good buddy al bernstein having uh (laughs) snoop dogg and and snl comedians try to push weed on him so i mean it's already a shit show but luke i wonder if this is just to take attention away from the fact that like should 58 year old evander holyfield 
be in there against a uh, TRT and Vitor Belfort? No, he shouldn't. I mean, this is a this is as weird of a night as you could possibly imagine. Look, we didn't even talk about it yesterday. Jim Lampley, as you mentioned, seventy two year old, the voice of boxing, the greatest play by play man in boxing history, and 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 I have so much respect. But Luke, Jim Lampley is about as straight laced and emotional and like you know, boxing proper as there's ever been. He's going to be paired with Sean Porter on the actual broadcast. And that's a shit show to begin with because Jim said he was only coming back to Triller and he got permission from HBO for that Teofimo fight originally before it got canceled because he wanted to come back and only call the best fights he could. Look, he's not calling the best fights he could. He's calling a fight card filled with MMA guys. I mean, to be really honest... And, like, you know, is Snoop going to show up on the Lampley card? Is there going to be weed? That's weird to begin with. And now you're dropping Trump and Trump Jr. on this guy? Like, it's just, it, you're right. It is the most thriller move you can possibly do. I saw Dan Canobio tweet. I'm sure Team Lampley wanted to put this out that Lampley and the Trumps will not appear on camera together at any point. Uh, and you can, as you mentioned, order. Either one. You can order the straight-laced one or you can order the Trump version of this pay-per-view. But it is, uh, it's, it, it's a, <laughs> it's freaking bizarre. And as you said, it can't be cheap. It can't even remotely be cheap, Luke. This is, this is weird. This is really weird. I was weird. talking to my wife about this because she, for her job, has to coordinate many different things. She's a corporate event planner. So one of them is often speakers, right? Guest speakers of various acclaim and whatnot. Dude, have you ever looked at like what an absolute zero, like a college professor you've never heard of, gets for speaking fees? Like they start for like at the Speakers Bureau, which is the big organization in the in DC that that features many of these people. They start at like fifty k for like forty five minutes of work. Okay, fifty k. Can you imagine what you have to pay? Because by the way, Don Jr. is you know he is who he is. But he's got a huge following on social media. Like, you're not going to get that guy cheap for starters. To say nothing of the fucking former president of yeah. the United States. Dude, that has to be. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm Bare minimum, I bet that costs half a million dollars together, if not much more than that. It might be cheaper to resurrect James Buchanan and get him as the color commentator for this fight than to bring in Donald Trump Sr. for this. I mean, this is this is, uh, this is ridiculous, Luke. But again, it's, it's like, it's not the worst idea to bring somebody from so far out in left field when you're already a carnival shit show, but... This is a pretty polarizing move at a time when there's already negative headlines surrounding the card. Maybe they're geniuses at getting eyeballs, Luke. I just feel like they're going to be billions in debt. Forget millions, right? Yeah, they're they're burning through money like, uh, well, I don't know, like the Joker in in uh, Batman Returns or whatever, the Dark Knight or whatever the fuck it was on the, in the boat. Okay, uh, with that, BC, before we get to fan subs and the top 20 moments... We got to let folks know about, um, well, if they're the dudes in the audience, about their testicles, baby, please. BC, you ever had that moment where you were trying to, you know, shave that disgusting satchel? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'll be honest with you, because we've, we've been very grossly honest in this show's history. I've been a day one-ish guy to the idea of a, of a, uh, a shorn scrotum. It's quite breathtaking, really. Um, and, you know, before... You had the options of manscape with the with the razor guard to protect your your family jewels. I've had to use, to be honest, a lot of different contraptions, Luke. And you know, you get cut, you get nicked. <laughs> it ain't a good time at the office, Luke. It's not fun. No, it's not fun at I all. I just want to point out our producers put this here. I'm going to go through the whole thing because I'm a good soldier. They misspelled combat in morning combat, and then here's what they wrote to get this started. 
Insert personal story about a time when either host has hurt his balls while trimming. <laughs> the thing is, though, Lucas, it's a true story, and it happened many times. I have since received my performance package, if you will, from Manscaped. And I got to say, Luke, it is very high quality. It has a setup to protect your jewels so you cannot get cut. And it's easy to charge, easy to travel, comes with some great lotions and, and, and such, some spray to keep you clean down below. Luke, I got to say... um, the, the fourth generation trimmer, which has the cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce the grooming accidents. It actually works. This ain't BC here just trying to say buy our shit. It actually works. So if you're into that like I am, Luke, and your your lady prefers that, Luke, I don't know much about you and your ladies besides, you know, LBBs. Um it's it, it's a good it's a it's it's good. I'm I'm awkward so, enough. I'm it's so awkward. Well, I, I'm with you. I've actually you know I, I like to joke about it because it's funny, but uh, the, the the process anyway. But the products that we're talking about here, I actually have used them, and they're good and they work. So the 4.0 lawnmower comes with a 4,000k LED spotlight to get a better view of those hard to reach places. It is very effective as a result. It's waterproof. By the way, so whether you're in the shower or out of the shower, the whole joint works. Uh, another one of my favorite items comes in the new Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 is the Crop Preserver BC. Anyone who's ever had some sweaty, sticky testicles, baby, please understands when we say there's nothing better than a little bit of deodorizing elements to the things down there. You know what I'm saying? I so the do. package and comes with the weed whack for ear and nose trimming, which, you know, two guys in their 40s have to be very aware about, and the crop reviver toner for after you all cleaned up. Let me tell you something. I have purchased in the past, or, or I've purchased razors in the past where it comes with a nose trimmer. The reason why I never did it that way is because it hurts. Uh, this Manscaped, the, 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 uh, it's painless, Luke. Get that up there. We're all, it's true. If you don't take care of the inner nose or the inner ear, you're going to, you're going to look like a gross piece of shit. So luckily, uh, Manscaped's got the technology to protect you. So, uh, Luke, can you read the promo code? We got to get out of this before it gets more awkward. Okay. Just want to point out that if you get the, uh, if you get the entire package, you get performance boxer briefs and the shed travel bag to carry everything in your trips out of town. It fits nicely in whatever kind of bag you want to have either for carry on or for luggage. So here's how this goes. 20% off plus free shipping by going to www.obviously.manscaped, right? You got to conjugate that verb, P-E-D.com, and use the code COMBAT at checkout. Same combat we uh, spelling and everything else for some of our other promos. So free shipping, manscaped.com, use the code COMBAT plus 20% off. Make your balls a priority this fall and get your Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 now. I'd like if Manscaped right, started putting the PED in Manscaped. That'd be nice. I'd like if they can, uh, you know, spin off a little bit. Give me, maybe we can get some Manscaped blue pills to go along with my lawnmower there, Luke. Keep the things going. How about All the right. tie, the blue tie sex pills or whatever has that uh, silver <laughs> Yeah, hat. please. There's, there's a room for that. There's a market for that. Uh, morningcombat at gmail.com is the trusty email address for your Wednesday fan submissions, your Friday dead wrongs. So before we get into all things looking back on 200 great episodes of MK, let's get into it today. You have your weekly dose of fan submissions. We've got mail. You've got mail. All right. This comes from a fella who's pronounced Dermid, even though it looks way different than that. Well, lads, over here in Ireland, even three-month-old babies appreciate art. Love the show. It's got me through many a night feed. A day one listener, but now just glad I have a wee buddy to watch it with as my wife does not appreciate Luke's hostility towards art. Sustain the flame, lads. And remember, if you're going to come, come correct. Shout out to this guy, Luke. 
Dermid watching doc number four right there. That baby's giving you harsh looks. You know, here's the thing, Luke. You know, a lot of us at certain times of exhaustion have used the TV as a babysitter. MK can watch your kids for you, okay? Just put that shit on, right? Put it on repeat. You know what I'm saying? Your kids will come out mentally disturbed. But yes. other than that, yes. Shout out to the Iris there in Dermid. Let's keep it rolling here. This is from at Heavy Riff Magnet. Greetings, esteemed combatants. No doubt you've asked yourself, what would the unholy spawn of Morning Combat and the Dying Fetus logo look like? Well, now you've got an answer. If this makes the show, oh, I'll do a 90s shit. band version of BC's CRX driving. Okay, soda drinking ass? Keep up the good work, you brilliant donks. Luke, tell me why this is awesome, please. Uh, well, it's a riff on the sort of the iconography, the the the, the style of uh, essentially, well, the handwriting, really, of... Um, the artwork that all metal names have this kind of tortured way of writing in different ways. And they, they can be very hard to read, but this is how it's pretty close to how dying fetus writes their name. And they wrote morning combat that way. It's pretty fucking cool. Hey, Luke, you remember one of our favorite fans from France? He's the uh, French bill Cosby, David Appleton. He bangs his students. Remember him? Yes. Mm-hmm. He says, Hey guys, just wanted to spice up the race to 100 K being a washed Fatty liver, Dad. I've been trying to lose weight recently, and it turns out that I lost roughly a kilo for every thousand subscribers you get. My aim is to get down to 70 kilos. I'm shorter than Joe Rogan, so that's still pretty fat. And I'm currently at 74. You guys are at 96,000 subscribers, so that's my four kilos up against your 4,000K. Game on. Here I am using MK to keep me motivated on the exercise bike and sporting my triple chin after a session onwards and upwards guys i actually created a few email addresses for you five times in the mma awards yes i love that if anyone's going to cheat the system for us luke i want french bill cosby to do it do you think he trims his satchel or he just lets it go like a billy goat (laughs) depends on what his students prefer luke let's be honest okay actually what are we talking about there are Actually, well, I'll, let me stop. No one likes a roofie joke, Luke. This is, these are bad times, bad situations. Yeah. But hey, David Appleton, you French We finally bastard. have sponsors. Don't chase them away. <laughs> you creepy French bastard. You all right? <laughs> From now on, we're going to call him Pepe Le Pew. Yes, yes. I love the uh, Joe Rogan crack, too, Luke. The guy's not tall. I'm sorry. You know, God, God blessed us in different ways. All right, this one's from Saul A. In April, we planned to elope in New Orleans. Unfortunately, due to the hurricane, we had to evacuate. Still, I got to enjoy New Orleans for two days and get ripped shit in front of strangers and throw up in a hotel bathroom for hours. Good times. I had MK merch 1.0 all day, even while on vacation. Shout out to this guy, Luke. We've we've oh. seen this guy before, right? And he got the beignets at Cafe Du Monde, which is uh, sort of one of the things you have to do when you go to New yeah. Orleans. Dude, I thought that was overrated. Is that like sacrilege to say that? I thought it was a little overrated. It's they're, they're fine. There's there's dude the what is it the the court of three sisters has a much better I think that's what it's called has a much better breakfast. But you know, Cafe Du Monde is like a thing. You got to go see it. And... I was hungover as shit. It was WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but hey, how about this guy Saul Luke? I love the I love the hair. He's he's very Masvidalian. A little bit, a little bit. He's got that vibe. I agree. All right. And by the way, shouts everyone in New Orleans who has power back, which it's been a while. So, you think Saul has a uh, personal life akin to uh, Uncle Pepe? No, Pepe is marches to the beat of his own drum. You know what I'm saying? 
Hey, if we decided to create some Pepe merch, would you would your family approve it? No, that would be a major fucking problem. No. Okay, okay. I'll have to do it on my own channel then. Okay. This one's from Clinton. What's up, guys? I went to the fight Sunday and had great seats near the entrance. And who do I see before the Conwell fight but the MK crew? You seem like great guys. Never met you, though. Got a pick with the man behind it all, Steven Espinoza, who couldn't have been nicer. And P.S. O'Malley had the biggest pop of any fighter who came to watch the fight. MK all day, nearly every day. Much love from Indiana. It's Clinton. Yeah. He, he, yep, he was there. <laughs> I don't have much to say. Shout, first of all, shout out to uh, the boss wearing the V-neck there. Normally, uh, Steven wears the, the uh, bedazzled T-shirts to fights, but yeah. uh, there he is, Luke. He took pictures of our ass, so how about that, he was, right? Yeah, he took pictures of our giant rear ends and our stupid bags. Um, well, mine's, mine's not stupid. Mine looks, you know, Native American tough, Luke. Yours looks like someone at the Goodwill place was like, yeah, this, no one seems to buy this one for a dollar. You can have it. I don't know if, if tribal areas have factories, Luke, but I would be from that one if I was, okay? Uh, yeah. But you can't really tell, but the audience there highly resembled the gathering of the Juggalos. So <laughs> also something to keep in mind. All right, Andrew M., nothing fancy here, but I was watching the first bonus vacation mailbag and felt like it deserved some appropriate album playlist art. I definitely laughed when you guys made the remark on RSD, so shouts to self-awareness. Always enjoy the content, even the phoned-in <laughs> Wash Dad bonus stuff. Thanks for churning it out, donks. I'm a burnout former, sometimes pro wrestling fan, but holy shit, BC, nobody fucking cares. Luke's uncontrollable bowels were never more missed. Much love from Texas. It's Andrew M. Look at this, Luke. That should be the new logo of all the docs. I love that logo. I love the shit out of that. Look at that, Luke. That's badass. That's like comic strip badass, right? That's Saint Anger. Is it? You don't realize that's Saint Anger? Look at the fist. With the tit with the tin can drums, the uh the pots yes, and pans. That's Luke? that's the Saint Anger riff, essentially is what he's doing. Oh, here. so that's the joke. Yeah. Sorry, so Luke, I tried to act like that album never happened, all right. I listened to it the other day. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'll I'll reload all day rather than listen to that shit, okay? Uh, this one's from Josh. I started this beef rib project on my Primo ceramic cooker this morning before today's show. Now, they are getting close to temp and about ready to pull and wrap. I figured it was beer 30 and had to break out my trusty pine glass to have a cold Oktoberfest. Your boy, Josh. That looks good. I'm so hungry. That looks so good. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Look at that meat, Luke. It, it, it used to be what's for dinner, but then my liver got 10 times as large. Uh, Doug says, hey, Luke in BC, I'm from the swamps of Jersey, but the military has brought me to the Pacific Northwest, and I'm out here repping the best damn show in the game on the Skyline Trail at Mount Rainier National Park. Big fan of the show, MK, Nature, and BBLs to cure the ex existential dread. All day, nearly every day, it's Doug. Luke, that T-shirt is one of our new ones on MorningCombat.store and uh, looking pretty good. I think Doug's been to the gym. Yeah, and he's hiking in a place that is beautiful that I will never go to. All right. Why, because of the low, uh, low oxygen levels at high altitude? Also, just, I don't know. I, I like the outdoors, but not this version of it kind of okay. thing. Okay, all right. Two more for you, Luke. Then we get to the thing that's going to get us over 100K, right? This this beautiful creation I've put together. This one's from Andrew. On Friday's show, BC was making one of his 90s references with the I would like some more comment from the Sandlot. And that's when it hit me. B 
BC looks like a grown-up Scotty Smalls, much more than Arliss Howard, the actor who portrayed him at the end of the film. So BC, for all of us who grew up on that great movie and love your constant callbacks to the 80s and 90s, just to see if it works, could you give us... The Jets stole home. The Jets stole home. The Jets stole home. Maybe spin around in your office chair. I don't know. Love the show, guys. Been listening to you since day one. Keep up the good work. And uh, much love from Georgia, even if Luke still hates all of us down here. I don't hate all of them. Luke, do I have some Scotty Smalls vibes from uh, from the Sandlot? No, but I haven't seen that movie in a while, so you should show I- it to I'm your daughter. To when she's ready, Luke. When she's ready. Nah, she won't like it. She won't like it. She likes basketball. She likes Coco in Moana. She does like Coco. But yeah. now the new one is Frozen and Frozen 2. Those are the big Oh, big that's going to be house. a dark rabbit hole for you. All right. Good luck to you. Final one from Alan W. The first slide is Morning Combat, Beavis, and Butthead. Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. I'm like, Pretty... I like how I got Butthead. Don't we look like action figures right there? Like Like toys? We just look like two pieces of shit. Is what and the second like. one is uh, Bro- Brokeback Mountain. This should be good. <laughs> they, they, Brokeback Mountain. They can't. They can't. Uh, what does that say? Quit each other. Yeah, well, that's true, Luke. One I day. can't quit you. Yeah, okay. All right. Hey, Luke, real quick. We got a tweet during the show from um, at Huck Flip who said MK would probably be over the 200,000 submark on Twitter if their passive-aggressive fans that are purposely not subscribing would just do it already. Luke, it sounds like somebody making a uh, stand against people not wearing masks. Do you think that we could be much higher in the subscription category if our people just uh, uh, stopped eating free? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Stop yes, but also the bigger issue is that we don't have dissected. If we had that, we'd be well on our way. Well, you know, you can fight for it, but I got to keep, uh, you know, making art to carry my end of the uh, bargain here. So yeah, here it is, yeah, Luke. Yeah. Two years, two days into this incredible MK journey. Today is the 200th episode of Morning Combat. So I tasked myself. Luke has not seen this list. He will be surprised in the moment along you counting down the top 20 moments in morning combat history. Luke, do you have any comments before we get into this incredible countdown? I am nervous, but cautiously optimistic. All right. We start at the beginning. Moment number 20 from episode one, July 8th, 2019. Here is a new hope. All right. It is Monday, July 8th, 2019. Welcome to the first episode of Morning Combat. My name is Luke Thomas. I am the host of this program, along with my trusty steed and Padawan. This is Brian Campbell. Not about Padawan, but, you know, I, right. I like to start off on an equal plane here. You can be like Anakin Skywalker. You can be in the Jedi Council, but you don't get the title of And master. I will turn on you just like him. All right, here we go. Uh, and we are in a van down by the river, if you can judge by the set here. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. What is Morning Combat? Well, uh, we are going to be starting off your week the right way. This is going to be your water cooler moment. 
This is going to be two experienced media pros, albeit uh, two jabronis. Nevertheless, we're going to get you guys uh, a, a perspective uh, of that I don't think it's going to come with digestion after all the weekend's fights. It's going to come with a little bit of, uh, obviously, media savvy from having years of covered this. It's going to be your first moment to start your week off the right way talking about things um, in a candid, truthful way, which, by the way, a lot of people in MMA media don't want to do. Uh, we will do that. And by the way, not We'll just bring truth. No holds barred, too, by the way. All right? <laughs> by the way, not just media. We'll talk about some boxing stuff as well. If you're just, if you're just joining us, I just put out the announcement 30 nanoseconds ago on Twitter. I haven't gotten to all the details yet, so I'll just say this very quickly. Yes, I am now. Uh, all right. Showtime. I'm in the Showtime. There family. it is. I'm very excited about it. A little bit nervous about it, especially since they kidnapped us and put us in some kind of a dungeon. Um, Look, the first I, I, when I 30 in, I, seconds I, to a minute there of MK history. Look how uh, weird it looks, right? Two years, two months into this, it looks like also, we're in could a... My, could my explanation have been worse? Jesus Christ, that was terrible. <laughs> this is your water cooler moment for digestion of the foundation of the two donks who are Jesus. about to give this. Uh, Luke, we look younger, skinnier, healthier, at least, at least I do. Um... You know, before I got fat and happy with this job, but look at that set they gave us for day one. Now, they did turn it around in record time, Luke, and they, they have upgraded twice, so we give them that credit. But it's jarring to look at those old silver, what looks like Ice World Hoth, right? Yeah, I remember when we first did it, I was like, well, that was a bit of a gamble. We'll see how this... <laughs> we'll We'll see how this pays off, but you know what? It paid off. So that was the first taste we gave you. Obviously, we had the early days at the old MMA beat to 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 appetize you. But let's carry on. Number nineteen on the top twenty moments. This one's taking one for the team from episode twenty four, December thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. All everybody talked about were the dueling Firefest documentaries, one on Netflix, one on Hulu, and for two days it was viral as ish. Because of one man. Put it on the big screen, Jay. The great Andy King, who was willing to take one for the team. He was willing to suck dick. Wow. 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 <laughs> so you think I put it on here because, oh, Campbell's the dong guy, all this stuff. No, Luke. Yes, we it's had. very on brand. Yes, we had fun with these memes like crazy. But you know what? Shout out to Andy King. Shout out to the ideas of brotherhood. Teamwork, loyalty, family. This Alexio. man was willing to risk it all. When I look around this room, okay, people don't realize that behind these cameras, there's a staff of like 12 hungry-ass people out there dicks. making it work for us, all right? Now, there's, there's, there's ladies in there. I get a lot of gross looks after I make jokes in the camera. Um, but what I'm saying is I love these people. I like to believe that we got nothing but Andy Kings out here. All right. I'm not not in the what are they doing to you when not, I'm not not around. in the literal sense necessarily, oh. Luke. I mean more like look they at, would metaphorically go to suck the guy's dick to get the water well, to I mean, go to the it sounds, festival. It people. sounds awful when you when you put it into those words. Yeah, it's an awful thing. But our guy Jake right here, who doesn't know '90s music, that guy's the best. Andy King, I suck. Jake, I are you are Andy King. Yeah, damn you will. right, you damn will right. So shout out to Andy King for teaching you know us Let's have a this year Andy King. about teamwork. Okay, about go. loyalty. Andy King, just there he'll do it. Look at Jake. This guy's <laughs> the best right there. I love it. All right, my number three moment of the year. Luke, look at look at young Jake right there. No beard, no long red flowing hair for the people that haven't picked up yet. Less than Jake, our former cameraman, is now our documentarian, Luke. But yes. He, like the rest of this great staff, when we used to hit 
the old bomb shelter, Luke. Bunch of Andy Kings looking to get us over the hump and get us out to the masses. I cannot believe how much the pandemic has kicked my ass. I, I, wow, man. I, I didn't realize, you know, not that I was some prized pig before, but now I look back at two years ago and I'm like, dude, you got hit with a fucking sledgehammer in the last two years. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. that of course was from our drinking show, uh, New Year's Eve to end 2019. As you can see, our set had those weird Amanda Nunes and Deontay Wilder and Gervonta looking artwork pieces around Luke as we evolved. That was a great episode. You'll see more of that as the countdown continues. Luke, number 18 from episode 5, August 5th, 2019. This is 40 years to freedom. But hey, that, we can't close the show. We can't bury the lead any longer. What? To talk about what today really is. What is today? This guy's a man. Come after him. Oh, He's you 40. gotta be kidding. Luke Thomas, 40 ounces to freedom today. You gotta be kidding. Here it kidding. comes. Bring this in. Are right you shitting away. me? Oh my God. Luke, Look at this. From the team here. With at, my uh, face on. <laughs> from the team here at uh, Morning Combat Below the Belt Showtime. Oh, look Happy at birthday, that. Do you, you have 40 wishes to go? I'm going to be like DC and throw my back out trying to blow these candles out. Look at that handsome guy. That's at least five years ago. Oh, my God. Wow. I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. Um, well, thanks, everybody. This is really sweet. I was not. I was. No, dude, my dad's not even going to call me today. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Uh, uh, did, did they get a good shot at that? Can I leave this yeah, Hold the cake up. Don't spill it like you will. Donk. Help me support this here. Look at this. And you can see very, very, there you go. Oh, yeah. I look like a Turkish dictator on this that thing. That is fantastic. <laughs> I want to get Enos Cantor for this. That um, is great. Um, can you make a wish, Luke? Yeah. All right. You know what I wish? I wish that. Uh, We're not I, supposed I have to tell so, people. I, I was like, in all seriousness, I have so much fun doing this show. It's really maybe the funnest thing I think I've ever done in all my years. And uh, to many more of these, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so yeah. much. Wow, I am blown Happy away. Happy birthday, okay. sir. 40. Here we go. Welcome let's, to the Watch right, Club. Let's see if I throw my back out. No, I didn't get it. There it is. All right. Woo. Um, thank you. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it. Yes, Bro, I'm old. I blew COVID couldn't even all blow over my that bitch. Luke, how wholesome is that shit? How, I mean, that, that made me want to not one day cross you and, and, and turn on you and divorce you in the show, Luke. That really was, that was nice. That was nice. I know. Coming from my last job before this one where my boss would go on vacation and not even tell me and just leave me to run everything <laughs> to now going to this one where they made me a cake. It's a big change. That was a very good moment. Shout out to our, 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 our uh, indispensable Courtney from Showtime who brought out the cake there and uh, love our team, Luke. Even love you. That was back when you turned 40. Now you're even old and sandbaggier. But let's keep it rolling. Number 17 in our countdown from episode 24, December 30th, 2019. The Drinking Show. This one's called Dating Tips. What are your tips for a first date? Uh, I haven't had many first dates that have gone all the way to the tip. You? You're the worst. You're worse than Osama bin Laden. I just want you to know that you're worse than Osama bin Laden. Do you not have any tips for the incels who watch the show? Uh, you know, you may come as a shock. I wasn't a great dater. You know, uh, I wouldn't be a great dater with that Timothy McVeigh haircut, Luke. But that's one of your yeah, greatest. What's, yeah. What, what's up with the? Uh, I mean, I'm a Cobb County policeman who's been accused of. Uh, <laughs> A beating people in cuffs several times haircut. 
That's when I would go to the barber and be like, I want the low fade, not the military cup cut. And they're like, yeah, no problem. Then they go. Uh, but Luke, a hell of a no sell there on our drinking show. Fantastic work there. Uh, keep the countdown going. Number 16. This is from Room Service Diaries, September 27th, 2020 from the Mohegan Sun. This is called Daddy Darest. Let me get that iPad, please. Where's your damn iPad? What do you, I don't the live. Fucking thing in front of you, I don't dog. live here. What do you want me to do? Jesus, fuck. Can you bring the stand that it's on, bro? Here, hold the iPad, all Jesus right? Jesus Christ almighty. You want me to unplug it, too? Yeah, yeah, unplug it. It's fine. It should be charged right now. Is this how you talk to your children? No, I'm like... <laughs> that was so weird. I hope somebody makes that a gift. That was really weird. All right. I talk to my daughter like she's a fucking princess because she is. I do. Having two Look, sons, that's such I a deep cut. Wonder. I forgot that thing ever happened. Do whatever the hell you want. Look Dude, at- look at that pandemic haircut, too. My wife must have had a fucking blindfold on when she cut my <laughs> stupid hair. Oh, little one. Oh, little one. <laughs> do you want to know what I call my daughter for her nickname? What? I call her Tukey. Tukey. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know that. I got on the road yeah. with you. I hear a lot of Tukey into the phone, but... Uh, right after that song got cut off, you were like, I treat my daughter like the princess that she is. And I was just like, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right, God damn it. Biatch. All right, number 15, we hit the road to Las Vegas, July 9th, 2021. This comes from MK number 177. Are you Team Luke or Team BC? Oh. We've been all over the morning well, combat YouTube channel. To the dogs in the audience here, who here is Team Connor? Let me hear it. Okay, who here is Team Poirier? Oh, 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 okay, okay. I got it. Yeah, the hot sauce is good. I agree. Uh, I got to tell you, I I thought it'd be the reverse. Team Poirier, a lot more in the house than Team Connor. Interesting. You know, a little bit more interesting is if you put your balls on the line and said, who here is Team Luke? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But but who here is Team CEO, the BBC with the BDE? That's what I'm talking about. That's what Okay, a little bit of that. How do, you, how do you like the taste of that hot sauce, you old bitch? All yes. right. Hey, we got a great show for you today. <laughs> Luke, the people have spoken. Even the guy with the armpit stain, Luke, that guy spoke too, all right? The people have spoken. That was a good bit. Uh, you, 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 that was a good live uh, dunk. I, I'll give you credit. It was nice. All right, number 14 in the 20 greatest moments in morning combat history. We go back to the RSD, day two of the Charlo pay-per-view from Bellator, September 24th, 2020, or not Bellator, you get what I'm saying here. It's called Taking a Stand. Consider me heartless, so yes, flesh be running a hoe check. Better check your Rolex, your time now for giving up respect. Oh, my God. That is one of my favorites. That is a that's a '90s banger. <laughs> I would have if I could have. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, very good. Yeah. Uh, dad jokes. Here we go. Uh, I want to hear from the people. Okay, let's do rapid fire. Here we go from uh, from Melon Man. I said his last name. From Melon Man. Uh, what's your stance on gun control? That's a fair question. Look, what do you what do you stand? Because you are an ex marine. I'm gonna guess. No such thing as an ex marine. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you. <laughs> It came out both ends, <laughs> and time. it smelled It <laughs> smelled like a Connecticut factory uh, town. I'm going to guess that you own a firearm, Luke. Uh, my wife has been very adamant that I not, so I do not. Um, Are you looking to disarm the world, Luke? I don't think, well, the world, I don't know. It's just not possible in America anymore. There's, there's a gun for every man, woman, and child. 
in the United States floating in, in circulation. I think gun buyback is simply not not. I'm not against, but I'm not for personally. I don't, you I don't do this bullshit like I'm not going to upset this group, and I'm it's not, not going to upset that Luke. group. It's about take I a live, fucking stand. It's about I live my life on a certain code. I take many stands. No, you okay? don't. You take stands on shit that is consequence. Look, you free. take a stand to wipe your ass first of all. Okay, yeah. you, you know what? what? You know what? Because I don't like mine to be absolute dirt hole. Because I don't like to be. Because I don't like to be itchy. Look, you walk around like I got a long arm. Okay, I can get under there. Right. I got about 42 years of this, okay? No, you. what you walk around is with an itchy ass, and you're just used to it. All right, next one. In their primes, I don't give a fuck. Luke, I got to say, <laughs> when, <laughs> when we conceived Room Service Diaries, I was uh, a little nervous. We get fired, of course, and, and it's still time, definitely. But uh, for as much as that series, that segment has gotten a little played out, Going back and rewatching the first three we filmed on this weekend, September 2020, I believe that's the Charlo pay-per-view from Mohegan. It's fresh. It's real. That was back when we were in the uh, in the courting phase still, Luke. We were still in love. Dude, that was like a sleepover at camp, you know, because we were all locked in our houses from the pandemic, and then we got to get out to Mohegan. But, yeah, I got to tell you, we've been doing it wrong, man, because I don't know if we're going to do them again, but without the 40-ounce – you can't do those, man. You need the 40 in hand to really bring out the stuff that'll get us fired. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We roll on number 13. This one is not in the MK show. This came from the Mayweather Paul weigh-in in Miami at the Seminole Hard Rock, June 5th, 2021. I call it none of the smoke. Floyd Mayweather, the greatest <laughs> fighter of all time, to come out here and actually, whether it's exhibition, whatever it is, put these gloves on and fight. I think it's a great energy for boxing, and I'm excited about tomorrow night. It's kind of weird, though, right? Because you played the basketball at the highest level. Right. People can't troll their way onto the Lakers. Right. The right. basketball. Oakley's got those heavy hands, oh, man. God. Those handshakes oh. from your hands. I would, RIP, I wouldn't want to mess with Anthony Mason either. All right. Yeah, yeah, he's probably got a grip as hell. All right, well, all right, well, all the smoke is going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Stackhouse will join us as well, yeah. right? I'm yeah, sure he'll be there. Yeah, he gets oh, in a little Lord. bit. He was at his daughter's graduation out there oh, in uh, Dallas. So he'll be oh, here shortly. Lord. And by the way, i got to say, first time seeing you in person, the tat work is <laughs> Oh man, thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't know I was coming on stage, so I kind of dressed casual. So you, <laughs> no, know, you always look good, man. Yeah, yeah. It, starts, yeah. it starts in a suit, yeah. then it goes Don Johnson, and then Matt's just chilling yeah, all the way. It's That's the how break, we go, it's man. It's the eventual breakdown. Uh, Matt, appreciate you know you what? Shout out. Thank you, Marwin. Enjoy the fight. You know what? We're going to get the NBA champion. All right, so we were talking about this. Ashley, where's Ashley? Somebody. Okay. We're just going to leave Matt on stage here. Do you want to help him out? There we go. There we go. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, they were driving me nuts. Uh, they're, they're, the, the people on set are supposed to escort him off, and they just stand there and look at him. I'm like, for fuck's sake, do your job. Here's the funny part about this, though, BC. We, we keep thinking we're going to get fired for room service diaries. No, we're just going to get fired for doing a bad job. <laughs> well, I don't know if you heard it while you were laughing there. Not only did you do the ultimate line of, well, Matt, you played the, the basketball. The, the basketball. Um, yeah. You and after, by the way, afterwards, Shab and I both looked at you and when, when they cut, and we were like, "Bro, was, the basketball." You're like, "I didn't say I was, shit. dude. I was so I out of so, no, no. I was so out of sorts on this broadcast because listen, I did a bad job because then I called Stack Stackhouse. I mean, the whole thing was fucked. Yeah. But what was happening was my one piece of defense was Corey, our producer, today, would be like, "Okay, we're gonna go to the stage in thirty seconds. Five, four, three. Okay, Luke, I need you to do 11 more minutes. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I kept getting, okay, no, 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 just going to be 79 more seconds. 
Dude, what are these numbers and why do they keep changing? And Corey's like, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't his fault. I don't blame him. But he was giving me the shit. So I was completely out of sorts about when we're throwing, when we're not throwing, what to say, what not to say. I was so fucked. So I was like, how are you doing in the basketball, Mr. Tatted Man, whose name I get wrong? You sound like my mom when I'd be like, you know, getting changed for for practice, and she'd be like, "Oh, you have a rehearsal tonight, don't you? Do you need your Do you need your costume?" I'm like, "Mom, it's a, it's a it's a uniform, okay? It's a, it's a, like stop, stop." Oh, Matt, you played the basketball, didn't you? It's great shit, Luke. I love it. Don't lean We're right. We're not going to get fired for Room Service Diaries. They're just going to go through our performance and be like, "Wow, you guys are just really shitty at this yeah, job." So have a nice is. day. All right, we'll keep it rolling. Number twelve on our countdown, Luke. It brings us back. To that same Charlo weekend and room service diaries day one, live long and prosper. As far as like the uh, show hurrying up, here's my view on that. Jay does a little bit too much of cracking the whip, I would agree. Yeah. But I don't think we need to go long just to go long. Like, for example. Try telling that to the guys at uh, Blacked Raw, right? Okay. <laughs> Uh, you don't need one. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, here's... <laughs> it's like, are, are they all $5 foot long? <laughs> this... Jesus. Uh, no, but here's my point. Luke, it's Dude, rare that I can... This is I... you farting in a bag and then huffing it. <laughs> it's, rare, it's rare that I can get you to give me the respect in real time, Luke. So that was a big moment in this show. It's history, no, no. Right? Everyone else, all of your little minions who DM you, they laugh too easily. You know it's funny if I laugh at your jokes. Because at that point, I just can't hide it anymore. Luke, look at all the content we mined from that one weekend in Mohegan. It was a lot. Getting drunk yeah. on camera. I mean, I can't believe we did three RSD episodes in one week. We're so old and washed and entitled now, we would never consider. They have to Dude, beg B- us. BC and I were always like, "Hey, do you want to do room service diaries?" Is I was like, "No." I'm always like, "Yeah, that's a good idea. We should just order Thai pad Thai medium and just lay in our beds and fart in the air." <laughs> not, not in the same room though. Not, not together. Not in the not, same room. Yeah, not in the yeah, same room. Not in the not same. Not the room. same bed. All right. All right, Luke, we've had many a great moment in the interview space. This one also comes from the Mohegan Sun. February 9th, 2021, the MK Bellator interview special from the big Showtime announcement where we found out anything is possible. I just I got a couple messages as you leave here, Yoel. Thank you for your time. As long as he has to go, BC, round I love you. See you soon, boy. Okay? <laughs> You've got two of these hands. Go! Go! Okay? Go! Anything is possible, my friend. Okay? Yeah, anything Thank is you. possible. All right. You all, Romero, C- congratulations. Can't wait to see you on April 16th. See you soon, guys. Thank you so much. Yes, there he is. Yes. The man stuff, himself. The Cuban muscle crisis. But we have a lot more to get to. <laughs> Luke, he was awesome that day. Not everyone's yeah, great in those moments. So, so this one... And uh, what was the other one you just showed that I really liked? But the that this one is maybe my all-time favorite moment. Not in the show, but like for one of your live improv kind of guest moments. <laughs> Where normally is, I would get sent is, to hell, but this time I didn't get sent there, Luke. Yeah, okay. this is tops for me. This was I, I saw this afterwards. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. That was good. That was a, that was a good wow. zing. Oh, not wow. zing, but you know, moment. All right, we go into the top ten now, Luke. Two years, two months later, episode two hundred. This takes us to the same weekend that we're talking about. Charlo, doubleheader, Mohegan Sun, room service diaries, day three. A little soap and water on that ass. Oh, I like that. 
pushing balls, pushing we're too, balls. We're two white dudes in our ah. 40s doing this. Titties, ass and titties. Three needles to the bag, baby. Oh, he's got Linus as my favorite. No, I, t- I take I take it back, BC. We might actually get fired for room service diaries. Also, bro, it's not this one. Hang on, it's this next one. I think. Here we go. That's where he gets. where he gets the poetic with it. I'm coming. Hold All on. right, now it's getting awkward. Hold on, hold on, now hold it's on. getting awkward. It's getting a little awkward right now. No, it's not this one. Here we go. So, that need to wash up. Don't get mad at me when I don't want to. You need soap and water. Soap and water. Soap and water. Soap and water. Water, 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 water. You know, look, I, I have a fear of needles. <laughs> Luke, it's just two old white dads, but I love that you're like, no, it gets really poetic now. You gotta, you gotta hear this, bro. You gotta hear this, bro. Here comes so- soap and water, soap, soap. Oh my, li- oh my. DJ, oh. DJ assaults ass and titties has been a, a mainstay of uh, many a playlist since my college days. I mean, maybe that's the beauty of what RSD originally was, because there's many of those segments, Luke, where you and I are just. Drunk off of 40, just singing and dancing there. Like, no See, care. I think like, that's really what we're not doing. We keep trying to go into those sober. And as a consequence, I mean, do we just, really do we really go in sober, Luke? I mean, come on, you know, you know, but we don't go in. We don't go in with uh, like a partying mentality is the yes. problem. That's the yeah. problem. Maybe we got too wow, smart. We, this, this was like, I mean, I'm looking at these old ones. I'm like, wow, man, we really started strong with this. We've been fading. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a wake up call, Luke. Looking at the top twenty moments, number nine, we go back to the infamous drinking episode, episode twenty four, the day before BC got hospitalized for COVID. So I'm glad you surprised you survived it. It's epic. It's famous. It's called Tip on Tip. My number one moment of the year in 2019 in combat sports and beyond. It's unity, and it's similar, and it mirrors. Luke. Why is gay sex the theme through all of this? Wow. <laughs> Wow. All right, let me restart. So my number one moment of 2019, Luke, is um, it really mirrors you and I, all right? Us coming together (laughs) for this show, building this band of uh, uh, this audience of just voracious viewers and listeners. What's your show about? Two two dudes fuck. Here's the thing. You called Polish regional MMA tip on tip a yin and yang. And in some ways, Luke, you and I are that yin and yang. The dark side of the force and the light side, right? The twig and the berries, right? The tango and the cash. We come together to make something special. So I wanted to commemorate this moment of Polish regional MMA finally coming to the forefront. Tip on tip reality. It's a lifestyle, it's a movement, Luke. And really for this set's history, although a woman on the train did ruin my my uh, my project here to you. I wanted to commemorate Is this, this moment. Is this real? 
In loving memory, Luke, <laughs> tip on tip, 2019 and forever. Did you really have a broken frame? Well, here's the deal on my on my tr on my train ride in from hell. A lady sat on it. It's a true story. It happened. Are but, you shouldn't. But I can buy a cheap frame to replace that, Luke. Nice, nice neck This is really roll, what BC. it's all about. This is my moment of the year because it's not Are just they also the smooching. I don't know. If well, I here's the deal. Before. It's not. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> broken glass everywhere. It's not just the intensity of what's going on down below that, of course, you're fixated on. Luke, uh, how how gaudy was that set? Like, thank you, Showtime. Thank you very much. But looking back, seeing this, Luke, I mean, how how much does it hurt your eyes to look at the artwork on that set? And you know I love art, Luke. Yeah, I wouldn't call it gaudy. That's not what the word gaudy means. But uh, you have been in love with these two men with erect penises touching since I've literally known you. Because, Luke, that's I've... you and me. Look at the passion. Look at the intensity in those guys, right? It's still, I don't, it's, I don't think that's you and me. Actually, it still moves me to this day, Luke. It really does. Look at the heart that they're that they made with that girl in the middle there. I mean, it's just one <laughs> one day, Luke, we'll recreate that scene. Okay. No, we absolutely will not. All right, uh, Luke. They're all killers from here. Number eight, really, any of these from here on out could be number one. Number eight takes us to MK episode one thirty seven, March thirty first of this year. The Wheel of Death in person, Luke. How about a little impromptu improv? Uh, I'm going to make a ton of money, and I got to go shit, so can we end this call? Wait, wait, we, 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 dude, we've been building this brand. Like, I put a lot no, of my see, other shit I've on hold. I've been building this brand, and now I have a chance to leave this brand and build something else and make a ton like, of I'm, cash. Like, I'm really happy for oh, you. Oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, I got to go bang your wife. I know you're, oh, okay. I know you're, you know, you're, this will be great for your family and your daughter. Maybe we can get Abuela an in-law apartment. Like, that's all cool, but, like, where are Look you going? Look at me. Where are you going? Look at me. No, where are you going, Luke? Are you going to a new show? It's over. Who, who... Is this about your ex-co-host? <laughs> you're teaming up with a Bills fan? <laughs> Luke, I gave you the best of me. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. Uh, I've, I've, come to, I've come to find the Syracuse basketball program. <laughs> it's charming. Very I'd just dark. like you to know you sold your damn soul. <laughs> Get this out of here. Get this out of here. Oh, there was so there was, I had a zing for you that was Why didn't hot. you bring your best shit? Because it was too hot for TV. Uh, Luke, of course, that's our first look at the uh, Orchids of Combat set number two uh, on the morning combat journey, but the, the Wheel of Death in person, Luke, it had a certain energy, of course. The question was an uncomfortable one involving you having to tell me over the phone that you're leaving me for Ariel, which we might we might be there, Luke, now that, uh, you know, two worlds collide, rival nations have been healed. So, still in play. You're still my number one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that was your number nine, eight on the list. But number seven takes us to a different room service diaries. This is July 13th. Of this year, 2021, the ultimate wingman. But it was right, Anakin had blinds. Bro, you know who, like, basically, he complained a little bit, but didn't really complain? Like, you know who was bout it, bout it? Fucking Chewbacca. Chew <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, Chewbacca was like, yo, che you, dude, you go to Chewbacca and be like, dude, we gotta go fight these guys. <laughs> Will you come with us? How many of your friends were like, fuck no, I'm not going with you. Chewbacca's like, where? 
Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Ah, someone's got to get it. Chewbacca's in the mood. Yeah, yeah, Chewbacca. Dude, this is the dumbest conversation I've literally ever had in my life. I have reached reached pinnacle nothing. Yo, Chewbacca was relentless. But I'm saying Chewbacca was a loyal-ass friend, man. Loyal-ass friend. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they want I love Chewbacca. (laughs) You always saw Chewbacca with a weapon in hand. Luke, you are my Chewbacca. That, of course, was uh, Poirier Connor 3 in Las Vegas. You had the shittiest hotel room I've ever seen with the worst view. And we were not sober. Not sober at all on that. Not sober. No, but that was a great conversation that we uh, had a good time with in real time. Maybe we we shouldn't get rid of room service diaries. We should just figure out a different way to do it. I mean, it's basically half this countdown, Luke. Luke, are you impressed with this countdown at all? Are you seeing egregious errors? Yeah, but it's not like top 20 MK moments, is it? I mean, it sort of is. It's like top 20 MK moments when we're doing the not serious stuff. But I guess that's really what the point of it is. I mean, so. would it be fun if I put us halftime of the Charlo doubleheader? It was, you know, it's not good. It, it's it, not an entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sort of counts as like a career milestone, but I know what you mean. It's not a top moment in that sense. Yeah. All right. Number six. Luke, before we used to do MK Three days a week, nearly every day. We only did it once. So once in a while, we had a little bonus spinoff called MK Extra. This was number seven in the MK Extra series. It takes us back to the Mohegan Sun. Charlo versus uh, Charlo and Charlo doubleheader. It's called Come See Me. And he told me, I'll box 12 rounds if I have to, if Charlo makes me. But I want to go to war. That's what I do. I've got a big banana right here for him. He didn't say right here. He said right here, brother. And it's, it's got to do Jermel's it. chin waiting for it. I cannot wait to see what happened, Luke. Will you put that down and stop being weird? Now you broke the desk, fucker. When up. he lands on Jermel's chin, I do think the more aggressive Rosario is, he will speed up his own exit. I do like Jermel by knockout. But I will break this set to show you how excited I am for this If fight. you actually go and look at the fight that uh, Banano lost... Yeah, they're begging us to break, break the I will set. break the, What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right? Give you a better haircut? We're going to give you a better haircut? Look at Jay in my ear. You know what I'm saying? Here's the point. Jay, come see me. Come see me, bro. All Who right? was it? Was it the, was it the, was it the Gallimore fight that he lost? Gallimore, Missouri? yeah. Gallimore. Yeah. If you actually, I went and watched that fight. He was playing the inside game with that opponent for the entirety of it. Now, he ended up losing, but he tried. He can't do it like Derevianchenko can do it to Jermall. He's not that sophisticated a player. So he actually might get – there's a lot of ways he could end up – can you worry about that in a minute? Can we make this point without you being distracting there, Ikea? Stop for just a moment, please. Thank you. Yes, leave it. Quit fucking around. Hey, uh, Jay, hey Jay, why don't you F off? All right. Bro, well, right? I was going to make a point, but who cares anymore? I mean, there you go. Anything else in the card people should care about there, fucko? <laughs> it's a loaded undercard. Luke, our first appearance from Jay, although you don't see him there. Um, we, had a, we had a wild ride with that man in our ear, you know? Also, I cannot believe that the two of us went on fucking national television with two of the most barber school free haircuts ever. I mean, what well, on earth? Look, this is peak pandemic, so that haircut I gave myself in the mirror, and I'll admit it now, Luke, that was a dyed beard job, and it was not a particularly good one. No, and my wife cut my hair because also you couldn't get a haircut around here. And gee, uh, wow. Dude, you can I s- cannot believe Showtime hasn't fired us yet. What are we doing? <laughs> that was a good moment there, Luke, okay? You know, you were very, uh, you know, we were, we were like the odd couple there. That, that was good. That was good. See, that was All the right. beginning of us coming off the rails a bit during the 
during like special live serious moments. You know what I mean? Yes. What's next? Oh, sorry. You got, you got shit? You got places to be, Luke? I'm enjoying no, I'm our hunger. Our I want to go eat. Let's do all this. All right, all right. Number five on the countdown takes us Room Service Diaries, July 13th. It's Connor versus Dustin. It's expired food. <laughs> Dacky Smacky, USA. Scariest thing that's ever happened to you. <laughs> and her next question is the best question I've ever seen. Can you imagine asking this to anyone who's... Uh, other than someone who's an unbelievable piece of shit. <laughs> Ready? She goes, what is, not like, do you know of any? <laughs> what is your favorite? <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying. Shut it down. Shut it down. Your favorite discontinued. <laughs> this is a this is a train wreck. Yes. Yes. Oh God, that is that is that is that is, that is high comedy, boy. <laughs> What is your favorite? Being on a date? Wait. Like get your niner in there? You know that food they've canceled? Which one is your You know a show that's canceled? Yeah. Ah. The best part is, it's actually a completely reasonable question. For you and me. I don't think I've heard it, Luke. I don't think I've... Put more than three sounds together. It's like, Chewie's <laughs> so serious. Yo, Chewie, Chewie will fuck anyone up. You know? <laughs> favorite, favorite, discontinued. Cut. Oh, ah, uh, Luke, we oh were uh, God, discontinued is... and expired. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or at least we should have been. Well, Luke, full disclosure, I, I told you, do not post that. This will get us, this actually will get us fired, Luke. This is not a good look, but it made our top five just the same. It, it's a great look, and I love it. And uh, that was, I haven't laughed that hard in um, years. So years. you let out a lot of shit that, that night. Well, I think, probably. I think yeah. I did. I think yeah. I did. All right, all right, all right. I mean, what a what a bunch of dogs right there, Luke. Okay, I, I mean that's that's great. All right, number four that same weekend, four days earlier from MK one seventy seven. Luke, they've called this episode our best episode ever. This is one seven seven from the Park MGM. It's Shoey Nation. Mm. Can I do my own shoe? No, no, a shoey with a dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh God. <laughs> Dude, uh, down the hatch, brother. All right. I, I don't think that the uh, the COVID shit's gonna matter after this. Luke, fuck you. This is just like Greek. This is like Greek life all over again, Luke. Okay. God. Only no one's penetrating you. I really hope my wife's not watching this shit. Here we go. Shoo-wee, shoo-wee. Shoo-wee, 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 shoo-wee. Right. Hold on, I'm going to take this off. All right, here we go. 
Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. You've just received COVID. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. Wow. Go fuck this wheel. Let's do the shoey. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Someone give him a fucked up shoe. Yo, I want a gross shoe, and I want the guy, and I want the guy with the paint tattoo. Bring same shoe. Bring Take out it. the guy same with shoe. the paint tattoo. It. All right. No, 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 no. Same shoe. Same shoe. Same shoe. Same shoe. Oh. <laughs> Bro, this shit sucks. Here, no, no, no. You got to put enough in there. <laughs> Here we go, ready? B C B C B C B C B C Yeah Drink that you hoe! Drink that! No, all of it! All of drink all that shit! Drink that shit! Yeah! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Luke <laughs> You know what I've realized after the last 17 clips? This show's really stupid. I mean, it's just really, it's really, it's really stupid, Luke. It's really. Did you see our producer's text message just now? No, no. Yeah, you should read it during the next. We can throw to one of these. It'll, it'll. It, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We're basically running a uh, <laughs> a highlight reel to get us fired of all of our yes, worst moments basically. here. Uh, Luke, that was, look, obviously, though, that was a big moment. And that shoe could not have been grosser. It had holes in it. I was picking fabric and, and just shit out of there. It was... Uh, Dude, that, that was thing crazy. was fungus on 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 TRT and everything else in between. It was fucking gross. What could ever top that moment, Luke? I got three of them for you. Number three, August 19th, 2019, a deep cut from MK Episode 7, Luke's infamous Turkey Day rant. Have you ever fried a turkey? No, I have not. What, dude? You never fried a turkey? You're sitting here talking about Thanksgiving? If you've never had fried turkey, you don't know shit about turkey. There's right. one way to eat turkey. If fry you, it or chuck it in the garbage. These morons who, I, I can't tell you how many homes I've been to, I'm going to go to so-and-so's Thanksgiving dinner. All right. And they cook this bird to the point where it's I'll like this fucking drywall you, back here. Why it, would you eat this food? Because if you're going to talk about Thanksgiving dinner and lead with turkey, then you don't have good Thanksgiving dinner. It's the dinner. centerpiece of the meal. It's a ceremonial centerpiece, like Santa Claus is the ceremonial centerpiece for people that don't celebrate the, the Christian side of Christmas. Then that's what it is. But the real thing is the fixings, bro. You put them together, they mish together, it becomes one big okay, here's, slot. Here's fest what we're on gonna do. Plate, we need right? to find a way to get together for Thanksgiving. I'm gonna show you how it's actually done. Okay? Can you show me how they do it in the Middle East? I would love to eat. I don't know from the Middle East, D bag. My dad's American. Right. My, my brother and my sister opened and own a restaurant. Uh, they can cook. All right, invite me. Invite me down. Come for down. I'll okay? show you. You know we don't eat fucking turkey. Back. You got backyard football. Fucking in those yard parts? birds that you're sitting there you got, eating. You got touch football in the backyards in those parts? Uh, you and I can. My family, they're haters on football. Right, we'll play, I, I have, we'll, I have we'll to play, watch we'll play one on one. That's great. All right. All right, but we can toss it. You know, what I'm saying we can then drink. Did you play high yard. school football or did you at least? Live I played, in played for. I played for a year, but in the deep south, I don't, I don't care about that kind of stuff. That was just you know. Again, I'm from Old Marietta. Please stay in Old Marietta while I go on and do things with my life. Luke, while, while, the reason why this clip was so important, this was the first time we ever did a uh, like a separate spinoff clip where they were like, oh my God, we got to get that, we got to get that rant up. We got to get that argument up. Um, you know what I've noticed? Something looking back at so many old episodes for the first time in forever. 
Mm. Pre pre medical license, you were an angry bastard. I mean, you could go from from zero to sixty in in the bomb shelter days. It like that, Luke on set. All right. Yeah, I had still do lots of demons, but um, the old devil's lettuce tends to help with some of that. There <laughs> some it of is. That, so. All right, number two, Luke. This is actually the only one I've pulled from the documentaries. I'm sure you thought this whole countdown would be. The, those are my art projects, but this is from the best donk documentary we've ever done. MK Donk 2.0, March 4th, 2021 was the release date. And of course, it harkens back to that great weekend at the bomb shelter at Orchids of Combat. McGregor Poirier 2 weekend, rock hard with emotion. Connor's round, right? Yeah. Just did more damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel it right now. I got, I am rock hard with emotion. Oh, is this where he's, he's getting torn up by those leg kicks, I'm telling you. Connor's leg looks like shit. Ooh. Ooh. Here comes Four Amos. Oh my God. Oh my God. He knocked him out. He knocked him out. He knocked him out. <laughs> okay. It's so much better with Jake's theatrical cut and the music there, Luke. But look, look, can you can you talk about this? That was a moment. It was a freaking moment, Luke. You let your guard down for America. Yeah, that was my fight fan moment. Where not so much like it, it always appears like you're cheering for Poirier, and certainly I think he's a good guy. But it was more just a big event that I I thought Poirier could win, but it wouldn't look the way that it did, and just. Remember, like, when Connor, he was, like, doing okay. And don't you remember he took, like, the one leg kick and then they turned. And then he just fell apart instantly. I, I just never saw it coming that way. It completely floored me. And your man was in the zone. What can I say, dude? I'm well, look, a, I got I passion be about here. fights. So after it happened, I certainly clowned you. to Well, not, that, not on air there, but to your face and afterwards. I could not have texted everyone that works on those documentaries fast enough saying, this has to be in there. This was from left field. It was a shocker. But, Luke, I expected people to heckle you. So I was really being Osama bin Campbell against you. I expected them to, to really, like, the love of people going, yeah, fuck, fuck right, Luke. Yeah, Luke's a real fan. He's one of us. He, he, he doesn't just watch this shit. He lives it. Luke, people, people gave you your flowers after that moment. Yeah, well, see, this is a lesson to you. Part of the show, which drives me fucking up the wall, is not Brian high-fiving me, but as I go for a high-five, Brian sack-whacking me. It's an ongoing thing. I'm using that as a sort of a metaphorical description for him, consistently trying to undercut me and sort of make me mad. But it backfired. Did it not? Lesson to you, don't don't be my enemy, be it, my partner. Hey, it's the second greatest moment in this show's history, except for number one, Luke, and I think you know what it is. I think I our listeners, idea. too. I wanted to be trendy. I wanted to be funny and go with something else, but I'm sorry. I, I'm sure we'll climb another mountain. I hope we do. But if we don't, Luke, July 9th, 2021, yeah. you've seen it on this countdown before, episode 177, our first live show with a crowd, Vegas, baby. Um, there's nothing like it in the way that this ended, Luke. We'll we'll talk about it afterwards. But here we go. This was something special. We are done, Luke. Oh, take us out for the great fans in attendance here. Our great let's hear it at the Park MGM. <laughs> Two years 
and we're taking it to the moon. This is only the beginning, brother, all right? I'll piss in the shoe and then I'll drink out of it. Let's do it. That's pure, that's joy, that's wholesome, that's real. Our two-year birthday and anniversary. And if you remember, Luke, we did nothing for our one-year anniversary. Episode 100, I just looked it up. It was actually the episode where I had apologized for the Risen situation. We never did any of that fun shit. We had people there, biggest fight of the year. That moment still gives me goosebumps, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. No one in my family has seen it, you know? (laughs) I mean, just really, let's shout out our producers there. Not only the great work they do, not only thank you for the cake as well, but to be able to get the crowd to go behind us to create that. I didn't think, Luke, you would do the- It all came together in real time, amazingly. You would do the war cry. We had the guy on my left who gave us the shoe. We had Damien the Donk on the right doing the, the shotgun and the beer. I mean, it was just, it was special, Luke, as was this show, as is this show. 200 episodes in. We've had more than 200 episodes, but in terms of our numbered ones- 200. Uh, Your thoughts on the countdown, Luke? I thought it was great. I thought you did a pretty good job. I think you need to be the official show historian. You've got a mind and like a sort of operation that makes you well suited for that gig. And uh, you did a great job. And dude, you know, half the time I want to fucking kill you, but most of the time, I was say 49% of the time I want to fucking kill you. But 51% of the time, you know, you're just an unbelievable partner and, um, Here's to many more years of this before we ultimately flame out. Before we kill each other. I I appreciate that, Luke. You've been, you know, you're the foundation. You're the rock. You bring the the people. Um, Am I the sauce on the steak, so to speak? Yeah, we went through that in in episodes one and two of the documentary. But, Luke, we are better together forever. Trevor, never met her, or at least as long as this show lasts. Here's to 200 episodes and many, many more Obviously, a huge thanks to Showtime, CBS Sports, and Malka, the labels that pay and support us uh, for helping us out, for for constantly evolving with us. Um, And we wouldn't be anywhere, though, without the fans. 97,000 people on YouTube can't be wrong, Luke, subscribing to this show. We want to get over 100. We want to climb even more. I want to put a tattoo on my body about this show if we can get to that threshold. But, Luke... um, uh, this is one of those moments where you turn back into the camera and you say thank you. Thank you to WebScream. Thank you to Damien the Donk. Thank you to, uh, you know, everybody that, that has our back uh, and, you know, and is here for us. Because this is the most joy, as you can see in those 20 clips, the most joy I've ever had in a, in a job, Luke, okay? Same, same. It's been really great. And uh, we have still have lots and lots and lots of work to do. We're not there yet, but we so are please- on our way. And by the way... In in both cases, my 40th birthday and then our two-year anniversary of the show, I never got a piece of the cake. <laughs> <laughs> me, yeah, me either. Yeah, that's, that's Everyone else ate the fucking cake. I never had any. Uh, please hit us up on, on, on social media. Can you put the, the, the handles below one more time? Uh, tell us what you thought should have been number one. Tell us what we're missing. I'm sure some people will want to see Floyd sending me to hell, or maybe you know there's a few others that could have made the cut. Um but uh, what, a, what a journey. What a run. We will be back on Friday. Luke, what else do you have to say? Um, let's see. we got the store, morningcombat.store, if you want to check it out. And there's a, wait, there's a music video? 
Oh, yes. This is an incredible compilation. I almost forgot about this. Uh, that Mikey, our, our Mikey Mormile, our fantastic producer from CBS Sports, has done. Uh, Luke, do you remember that incredible song that closed uh, Donkeymentary number two from a guy named underscore D underscore Aich on Instagram? Our guy Damo, not Damien the Donk, but Damo, D A M O. Um, Oh, is this the one about eating bacon and shitting blood? No, that's Callie from, from the World Tour from Germany. Shout right. out to that guy. Uh, so this, Luke, is a music video to sum up our run and our connection with our fans through 200 episodes. You know the song, uh, but this is a, a, a heart jerker. Do you want to you end the show by throwing to this, Luke? Let me just say this. In all seriousness, we have a lot of fun on the show. You're supposed to have fun on the show. If you're not having fun, what the fuck is the point of doing it? Of course, you have to do other things as well. Dude, everybody knows this, and... We're the only ones saying it right now, except for the people in our orbit, but for other folks out there, everybody knows there is nothing like this show in combat sports. There is nothing even approximating this. And there are good podcasts, and they're good in their own way. There is nobody, nobody, no entity, no duo, no nothing that does anything like MK. So for for those of you who figured it out already, amazing. Tell your friends, let other folks know, because once they take the red pill, they'll never go back. And with that out of the way, hit it. Would you dance if I asked you to dance? <laughs> Would you cover Jake Paul, Ben Askren, just give it a chance? Would you confess? You're wrong on dead wrong Would you preserve my job tonight? Would you tremble if we went tip to tip? Would you laugh at all my dick jokes? Tell me this Now would you watch Holloway and Volkanovski a total of 49 fucking times I can be your co-host, baby I could kiss away your pain I will stand by you forever They can't take my sauce away day every day would you swear that you'll always be mine would you give me a producer credit and give me some shine cause after all I've got a large fan base the heart of a lion from a factory town Have you seen this shit? You answer Bah <laughs> Let me sauce on your face Tonight <laughs> I can be your co-host baby I can kiss away your pain I will stand by you forever They can't take the sauce away 
Look, I, I I got emotional during that. Dude, did Jay sing that? Who sang that? No, that's Damo. That's the guy. His Instagram account is uh, underscore D-E-E underscore A-I-T-C-H. Basically Dude, the that's... worst the worst the worst handle of all time. Yeah. But Luke, uh Damo has blessed us with that. You remember a shortened version of that in the doc. But how about the editing from our boy Mikey on that? Uh wow. Wow, Luke. Dude, that's really fucking good. Really fucking good. I'm blown away. That's really thank you for that. Amazing. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do. I don't know what to say except thank you, and thanks to all the viewers who make MK possible. You want to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Can't end on a higher note than that for Malka for Showtime for CBS Sports. That's the King of Connecticut, Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. We'll see you on Friday live chat tomorrow at three. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal. <laughs>